population of traders has grown. They claim that the works have had a massive impact on their business. They've lost thousands of pounds in takings. Improvements have been made to the high street with new granite and stone paving and a new events area has been created in the car park by St Mary's Church. Decorum Borough Council is planning a live festival to bring back trade to the town. At least 200 people have died and more than 200 others remain trapped following an explosion and a fire at a coal mine in western Turkey. Nearly 800 workers were inside the mine when the accident happened yesterday afternoon. Police investigating the disappearance of Claudia Lawrence in York in 2009 are continuing to hold a man on suspicion of her murder. He's understood to be 59-year-old Michael Snelling and is thought to have worked at York University where Ms Lawrence was a chef. It's emerged the cost of cleaning up football pitches in Toddy which were occupied by travellers, has come to over £8,000, twice the original estimate. The whole bill is being met by the parish council. More from Tony Fisher. Travellers spent three days on the poplars and glebe pitches at the beginning of April. They left behind litter, human waste and glass embedded in the ground. Despite being cleaned up, the local football team say they need to carry out more checks before the pitches are safe to play on. Meanwhile, Central Bedfordshire Council says it's pursuing the travellers with a view to prosecuting them. In sport, Wickham Wanderers have offered new contracts to nine players following their escape from relegation. They include long-serving Matt Bloomfield and Captain Stuart Lewis, but eight players have been released, including Dean Morgan and Leon Johnson. And Ryan Giggs will meet with Louis van Aal in the Netherlands today as Manchester United move towards finalising their new management team. The weather, a mainly dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's nice and it's full of history as you walk around. And all this week we're featuring Hatfield. Plenty to do for the children. I've seen changes over the years but it's a good place to live. It's all about where you live. It's the right size. It's, it's not overbearing. Give it a go. Why not? It could be the make of your... The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've been thinking a lot about this, and yeah, the place I live in is the right size. And it, it's not, I, I was concerned it was overbearing, um, but I don't, I don't think it is. Cass, okay, what about where you live? Getting out of hand. Is it? Yeah. Is it overbearing? Yeah. Too big? Yeah, it's just spilling over. Kels, what about where you live? Is it the right size? Too big? Too small? Overbearing? Underbearing? If it was just a little bit bigger, yeah. then it would be too big. But it's fine the way it is. Mm, so it's just you, Cathy, you're the odd one out. In, in more ways than one, yeah. I would like to suggest. Yeah. OK. Nice glasses, by the way. Thanks. They're massive, aren't they? They are They are both massive in size, Deirdre Rashid. Yeah. Um, and they're they're crossed between Deirdre Rashid and Sid Little. I was going down to Muscuri, but that's um, no. it's a bit Sid Little, isn't she? No, 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 she no. She dressed up as her once. She, sorry? Nana Muscuri. She and did Deirdre Rashid. She didn't have milk bottles like Sid Little did. Oh, I mean, literally, the, the bottom inch of milk bottles have been turned into glasses to make those bad boys. Well, you know, this is what happens if you read books. <laughs> she's, she's in a, a, a weird mood today, dear listener. If you want to phone her up and let's have a chat with Catherine, 08459 455555. She, she likes that. Not in the mood, no. No, she likes that. She likes it when people phone up and talk to her for ages and say, oh, yeah, I don't want to go on air. So... So do that today. Phone up and you, you may get through to Kelly. Just say, oh, can I speak to Catherine, please? 
talk to her for ages, then say, I don't fancy going on air. I've got a sore throat, I'm not. Well, they'll talk to you, you can listen. Okay, yeah, I'll listen. 08459 455 555. Other stuff that's coming up on the show today includes. Oh, where has she put the running? Oh, she's moved it again, what an idiot. Booze tags, tardy builders, and trashy travellers. Across beds, and stroppy producers. This huh? is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555.
Come on, I love that bit at the end. I love it. That's a great Lost Fleetwood. There's a whole Lost Fleetwood Mac album called Say You Will, where 85% of it is wonderful. The whole, Pretty much the whole album is... There's a few Lindsay Buckingham self-indulgent moments, but that's what makes it special as well. Now, people prone to violent and criminal behaviour when they've had a few could soon be fitted with alcohol detection tags rather than sent to prison. The scheme is being piloted in Northamptonshire with a view to a nationwide rollout if it's successful. It's already been tried out in America, of course, where they call them sobriety bracelets. How poetic. It was actually the court's way of making me stop and making me um, realise that I needed something drastic. It started out very embarrassing, because especially as a woman that likes to wear dresses or skirts, um, that likes to work out... um, you know, you, you, you're embarrassed because of what you did to, to earn this title of the Scram Bracelet. Every single day that that was on, it was always a reminder of why it was on. I went in to get it put on, and they informed me that it was for drinking. And I said, you know, I ain't going nowhere anyway, but this here thing won't let me drink. And he said, Exactly. Oh, no. You know, I was just totally wrong. Well, these voices come from a promotional video for Scram Systems, the firm behind the tags. Joining me now is their UK spokesman, Matthew Mitchell. Morning, Matthew. Good morning. How do these things work? Well, the system um, dates back to some technology that that goes back 75 years. Um, The Scram System is a transdermal alcohol monitoring bracelet. I thought so. And it's different from... Uh, your typical breath, blood, or urine testing methodologies because it samples your perspiration automatically for alcohol consumption. So what people might not know is that uh, you sweat out alcohol through your skin as part of the metabolization process. So we're testing that sweat insensible perspiration every 30 minutes. And how sensitive is it, Matthew? I mean, will it pick it up after the first drink? Does it take a few drinks? Well, I think it varies per individual. Um, alcohol metabolism is very different for individuals. So uh, depending on your height, your your weight, your food content, that all impacts the ability uh, for your body to process alcohol and then to excrete it as sweat. Now, what is this, what is this primarily used for, Matthew? Is it for alcoholics and, and people who um, have issues stopping drinking, or is it for people who have a few too, few many, a few too many beers on a Friday night and get into fights and trouble? Well, I, I think the applications here in the UK are, are a little bit different than they are in the States. Uh, the, the applications that we're looking at here in particular in Northamptonshire uh, will be for those nighttime economy-based offenses for the individuals that uh, are causing issues in the community after they've uh, had too much on weekends and, and primarily not the dependent type of drinker profile that we see in the States. So in the States, it's more for, for alcoholics. Here it's more... Well, it, it's being suggested it's, it's to keep people out of prisons. If they've been arrested for a, a, an alcohol-based crime... Uh, that they can wear this tag instead of going into prison. Is that right? That's exactly right. I think that's, um, that use of the application is very appropriate and very proportional to the type of, of alcohol-related crime that's being committed and uh, committed typically on the weekends and in the evening hours. How much do they cost? Well, uh, the, the cost uh, varies uh, depending on... Um, Typically, they run about 10 
10 pounds a day. Okay. Uh, in, in the U.S., uh, the individuals that are wearing the bracelets are required to pay for yeah. uh, wearing the bracelets. So it's a little bit different here. Okay. And uh, are you surprised by, uh, I mean, I don't know what the situation is in the States, but, but, but over here, if you believe all of the newspapers, uh, we apparently have problems with binge drinking. Is, is, is that similar to the States or does it, does it come as a surprise to you? Well, I think I've been over here for about a year now, and, and certainly I've been out on some evening weekends where some of the behavior that I've observed is a little bit different uh, on, on the weekend as, as compared to some of the behavior that I've witnessed in the States. Um, so I think it's, it's a different cultural experience over here. Uh, uh, Northamptonshire are, are, are trialing this. Um, have you had interest from any other police forces? Yes, I think so. Um, we've been uh, running several pilot schemes uh, in Cheshire. Uh, we're getting a program online uh, with the mayor's office down in London, uh, as well as in uh, Blackburn with Darwin. The local authorities are, are uh, currently implementing a program as well. Okay. Matthew, really interesting. Thanks for coming on at this, this as I often say, this ridiculous time of the morning uh, and sharing that. Matthew Mitchell from Scram Systems. That's the company... Uh, behind these uh, these tags, so it's a ta- an alcohol detection tag, and if you've had a few beers, depending on the size of you and the weight of you and all those things, it, your sweat will uh, will alert the authorities that you've been boozing, and you might get a visit from the local police. What do you think? Kind of similar. It ties in, doesn't it, with the story we had yesterday about suspended sentences. Once we've worked out the exact stats on that. Uh, it seems to be another way of keeping people out of prison when they've done something naughty. Good to see you. Um, good morning. This is Britain being turned on next door. Excellent. Uh, you always turn it on with such determination. You're, when you operate that controller, Kelly, you're very excited. Uh, what, what do you think? Is it kind of lazy policing? Is it is it cutting corners? Or do you think it sounds like a good idea? Would you want to wear one of these? 08459 555555. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We had a call in from Steve on the M1 London bound between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way. The road's blocked at the moment and all traffic is being held after an accident. Elsewhere, things not looking too bad at all on the sensors. We have got some roadworks to watch out for in Bedford. On the Bromham Road, as you head towards the centre of town, there's a lane closed in Biddenham just around the Branston Way. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 616, it's uh, Wednesday the 14th of May, I'm Ian Lee. Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in the three counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. Roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. And it's emerged the cost of cleaning up football pitches in Toddington, which are occupied by travellers, has come to over £8,000, twice the original estimate. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC 
see Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Some of the clubs are nice. My bowls club's a good, nice club. Inviting everyone to where you live. I came here with my parents, came when the big industry started. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. When you're out of Hatfield, you do miss it, because it's our little town. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Spent a load of money making a big monkey thing over there and then closed it down the day it was opened. The big tour. I've lived here all my life. Live enough. I enjoy it. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, don't... Oh, no. Right, I need to set the context for, for this story, right? In 1969, this guy recorded... He recorded a couple of albums, OK? Where, though? Sorry? Where? Let me get... Well, he recorded them in America. Right. Right. Um, he recorded these albums in America. Um, Was he massive at, in South Africa? I'll get to that. All oh, right. Yeah. He. They didn't sell. They sold like six copies or something. Why were they rubbish? No, they were really, really good. Oh. Uh, they just got lost. There's a lot of good music coming out of the states. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The 60s. If you're not part of the machine, then you get lost, don't you? The Sugar Man. Yeah. Um, oh, Sugar Man. Sugar Man. With your cargo of Mary Jane. <laughs> he was singing about sugar, was he? Yeah, no, not sugar or anyone called Mary Jane. He was singing about drugs, uh, which we don't condone here at the BBC. But it was 1969. People didn't know the dangers then. Uh, but they didn't sell anything. Anyway, so this guy disappears, disappears, and then he finds out uh, that, that later on he's massive. Was it because there was too much Mary Jane involved? He just couldn't be bothered. He was eating what's-its. Anyway, did, I, I learned all this by, from an excellent documentary about called Sugar Man, yes. Search for Sugar Man, and you've just told me some really sad news. Yeah. Well, well do you want to tell told sh- me. Sh- share, the li- share it with the listener. Sugar Man director Malik Benjalul... Dies, age 36. 36? Uh-huh. Wasn't he writing albums in the 60s, then? No, not Sugar Man. The director of the film. So, oh. I thought the director of the film was the guy who got the phone call to say that he was still alive. No, that that was a South African journalist. Oh, right, and he didn't direct it. Right, let's go back to the beginning. So, so who uh, died? In 1916... No, the Sugar Man's not dead, right? Is he still... Is, is, is he still making music? In 1969, uh, this guy recorded uh, two albums, oh, OK? The... Up yours! <laughs>
up, Just. Hey, boss. We're rocking the tunes today. Yeah. We have got, after half past six, mm-hmm. we have got a great, great song coming up from, uh, again, we're on a slight Fleetwood Mac tip, uh, and that Kirsty McCall song was Fleetwood Mac S. Yes. We've got a song coming up from Lindsay Buckingham. Wow. His only solo, in inverted commas, hit. Ooh, looking forward to that. It's, it's the theme tune to a series of films. <sighs> Any idea, Jess? Oh, you got me thinking now. Oh. I don't know the answer. Oh. I'm sorry, you got me. You just stumped me. It's the theme tune to a series of films, and we'll be playing it uh, after half past six, and it's a corker. Now, the reason we've got you on is not just because, A, we love you. Thank you. Not just because, B, we're contractually obliged to. Well, thank you. It's because this blooming Hemel story that, that we've been following for ages, the, the end is in sight, we yes. think. Uh, we keep coming back to this. It's the Hemel Roadworks, seven months after the work should have been completed. Let me repeat that. Seven months after the work should have been completed and with shopkeepers thousands of pounds out of pocket, if not out of business altogether. We know that some people have sold up, some people have, have, well, lost tens of thousands of pounds. The old town should reopen fully from today. Yes. Now, Delia, you've been uh, like a a dog with a hemel-shaped bone. Yeah. (laughs) this story. Uh, the roadworks, have they definitely been completed? Well, Ian, apart from uh, a few cones which need removing, everything is done. Uh, the new one-way system, that's in place. Uh, the new parking spaces to boost trade, they're there. Uh, the new pavements are down as well. So, yes, Hemel's Old Town is finally, finally reopened to the public. And I think it's our job this morning to inform people it's fully open. Get Go down there. and use those shops Get now. Get down there mm. and uh, use those shops because they have been struggling, man. What does it look like, Just? It looks fantastic. I've got yep. to say, I mean, when we first started reporting on this, what, last November, that's when it should have been completed by, I couldn't see an end to this. I thought it looked a complete and utter mess. Um, everyone was saying exactly the same. But now, yep. I've got to say, it looks shiny. It looks really, really good. It's a very famous high street, and hopefully people will go up there and, and take the effort to see it and, again, invest in those local independent traders. Well, listen, we've been banging on about this for ages, rightfully so because a lot of people have lost a lot of money but I'm guessing the shopkeepers are all you know happy now are they? Well yes I mean you are going to hear from one later on who is absolutely delighted with the work however uh, here is one trader who still isn't happy his name is Michael Porter and he's from Jordan's Antiques take a listen to this. It's supposed to be a grand opening ceremony on the 19th of July well if the work is supposedly finished now why is it going to wait till July? I reckon it's because they still think there's going to be more cock-ups. It's almost there. Are you happy with, with what you're yeah, seeing? Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, you've got the same level of road and pavement all across here. How soon before, you know, a child runs out and gets knocked over because there's nothing differentiating? OK, I know they've changed the colour of the paving, but what good's that? You've got a car park over there with very ambiguous um, markings. Instead of having proper bays, it's got little tiny polished... Uh, brass studs. Well, I mean, good is that? I mean, millions of pounds that have been spent here. Yeah. So, so you don't think that it's enhanced the way the old town yeah, looks? Yeah, it's not improved things at all. It's, ki- it's killed, killed too much trade. And another thing, still no public conveniences. I'm, me- I'm talking to um, somebody from the council. They said, "Oh well, when the town halls open, people can go in there. Well, what happens if it late at night? If you're dying for a pee or a poo, where'd you go?" Seriously, you don't think it's improved no, the way it, things look at all? I mean, it's it, it pretty it up and it's made people in the council feel happy, but you talk to any of the traders along here, you find somebody who's happy and I shall be amazed. How much have you lost since these roadworks started? I have no figures in front of me, but today we have taken £14. 
One four. In one day. Yeah, and we've had nine people in the shop. How are you still open if you're making £14 a day? Because I do fares as well. That's the only way. It's the only way I can do it, and, you know, it's just ridiculous. Terry Doris from Harpershire County Council, he's going to be on our programme, and I know you won't beat around the bush. Uh, What what is your direct message to him and his fellow councillors? Well, God knows who who these people are. I mean, they never bother to come and see see us. I have no idea. And if I saw any of these people, I'd be be so rude and abusive, it would be just pointless. You've got no message No, no message at all, and they, they all die in pain. Gosh, well, obviously, we, we hope that no one dies in pain. That would be, uh, would be terribly upsetting. But mm. it highlights, I think, uh, that the, the passion um, and a disappointment that a lot of the traders have felt. Absolutely, and I think, again, to, to, to raise the point, and I'm sure he doesn't mean that, but, of course, what, what these traders have been through since last year, uh, they were effectively sold something which, on paper, looks absolutely superb. Now, had these works have finished last November, I'm sure we'll be having a very different conversation, but, but they feel that they have been messed around, that they feel the compensation that's been offered hasn't been enough. Uh, you've heard there yesterday, even though the roadworks were, were pretty much all completed yesterday, he's made £14 in one day because uh, people in their mind still think, I'm not going to go to the old town because it's a mess. We can tell right. our listeners right now that mess has been cleared. It's there, it's open. Are you uh, um, At some point later on, let's just name check a few shops at random and throw them out so that, that, that people have a, an incentive to to go there, mm. and uh, hopefully they'll see some other bits and pieces that, that they want to buy and spend some money. And Fingers think. crossed. Ian, trust me, it does look pretty good. Yes, Michael's pretty angry about the whole situation, but uh, we shall uh, put a picture on Twitter and Facebook later on. Uh, we shall show people how it's looking. It's looking good, guys. Excellent. It's looking good. Justin, thank you very much. We'll be speaking to Terry Duris later on from Hearts County Council about that, but do get down there and support it and, um, you know, spend some money. Spend some money, innit? That's what it's all about, really. Oh, 08459 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with the ever-excellent Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 in both directions, the road is closed between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way after a serious accident. London-bound traffic is now being taken off at Junction 5 and we have got queues building up on the approach there. Northbound traffic we think still being held at the moment. Elsewhere on the speed sensors in Luton at the Kidneywood roundabout, both London Road and Airport Way looking quite busy as you head towards the motorway. Public transport, that's all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Coming up, Lindsay Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. He had one kind of solo hit in inverted commas. I don't think it charted that well. It was the theme tune to a series of movies. What was the song? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. People in the three counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. Roadworks in the Old Town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. In April, the contractor was forced to apologise for the disruption and inconvenience caused. Around 200 people are now known to have died in an explosion and fire at a coal mine in western Turkey. And it's emerged the cost of cleaning up football pitches in Toddington in in Bedfordshire, which were occupied by travellers, has come to over £8,000, twice the original estimate. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham Wanderers have offered new contracts to nine players following their escape from relegation. They include Matt Bloomfield, Anthony Stewart, Gary Doherty and Stuart Lewis. But eight players have been released, including Dean Morgan, Leon Johnson and Matt Spring. There's no decision yet on Marvin McCoy. Ryan Giggs will meet with Louis van Aal in the Netherlands today as Manchester United move towards finalising their new management team. Dutch national coach van Aal is set to be appointed as United boss and will speak to Giggs about a potential coaching position at Old Trafford. Tottenham are looking for a new manager after sacking Tim Sherwood. Spurs goalkeeper Brad Friedel says Sherwood did a good job. I thought Tim, especially in his first managerial job, conducted himself very well. I mean, he's a man who wears his heart on heart on his sleeve. I think everyone could see that. He was asked to um, to take control on an interim basis with players that weren't necessarily his, um, and then he got the job for 18 months. And I think his his win percentage speaks for a lot. Leighton Orient are through to the League One playoff final at Wembley after beating Peterborough 2-1 last night to go through 3-2 on aggregate. They will play Rotherham or Preston, who play their second leg tomorrow night. Watford's 19-year-old midfielder, Luke 9 has signed a new one-year contract. Luton Town players and staff have collected more awards, this time at the Non-League Papers National Game Awards. Steve McNulty was Player of the Year, Andre Gray Young Player of the Year, Mark Tyler Goalkeeper of the Year, and there was a Lifetime Achievement Award for manager John. Still, And in cycling, organisers of the inaugural women's tour say they expect the event to continue and remain in the east of England. Last week's race included, included stages in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties yeah. Radio. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I just put the keyboard. I just um, tossed the keyboard threw down. Your computer at me. I didn't throw it at you. I, I gently it across the room. I gently laid it down on t- table. It's pointy that. Yeah, not as pointy as that. <gasps> <laughs> you're in a. Can I just ask you what is your problem I'm today? Not feeling very well. Oh, you're not setting yourself up to do a sick note again, are you? Well, my, you know, if my voice doesn't hold out, I mean, the voice is my fortune, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> I, I'm still struggling to work out what, what your is, fortune is. Yeah. Yes. I mean, your fortune, it seems to be um, getting angry with the callers, <laughs> but polite to them and then telling me how angry you are with them. That seems to be your... You get paid it's for that. professionalism. You tell the callers exactly how angry you are. What does that mean to your fringe? I don't know. <laughs> You're going all floppy today. <laughs> right. What is happening to my fringe? Go on. I've got energy eye. Do oh. you like touching your eye? Uh, um, I'm touching my eyeball. It's not one of my favourite things. Go on, touch it. Touch your eyeball. Put your finger across it. It's good enough. My favourite thing, two favourite things in the world, uh, both come from my cat. Uh, one is when she chews my hair. Oh, I love it. Ugh. And the other one is when she sniffs my eyeball, but her nose, her cold, wet nose touches my eyeball. You are odd. It's so, it, there's just, there's, it's so spiritual. There's a real connection with another living being. Do you know what I don't like the cats do? When they get comfortable on your knee and they start flexing their uh, claws. Oh, yeah, they, they, oh, they, they oh, do that, don't, yeah. Don't need me. No, I don't like the knee. What's that all about? Trying to make you more comfortable. I, yeah, I don't, like, I don't like that. No, why? It's because we're both buff. So, if we were more squidgy and pudgy, yeah. they wouldn't feel the need to yeah. soften us up. I know why you're saying that. It's because you called me fat earlier, right? I did. <laughs> you called me fat and you're feeling guilty about it. I never it. said that. I never ever used since, that word. Ever since... I said you were throwing your considerable weight around. <laughs> 
<laughs> ever, whilst we were talking about Rick Waller, ever since... No, that led to the conversation about Rick Waller. Ever since you criticised me and my shoes oh, to no, such an don't. extent that I had to... In tears, I threw those shoes away that you criticised me for wearing. Why? Um, you should just stuck to your guns. I, the world would have got used to them. You see, even now, you laugh at my shoes, you call me fat. This is coming from someone wearing Sid Little glasses. Now, there's nothing in the papers today. You right? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Here's the Lindsay Buckingham song. But what films is it? What was the year? Lampoon, of course. European vacation. All of the vacations. Oh, yeah. Is it dog? He really. He's really far out there, Lindsay Buckingham. It's a shame all of his solo albums are utter, utter guff. Because he if he just stuck with the pop songs instead of the cocaine, he would have been brilliant. He would have been brilliant. Very Moorish, though, isn't it? It is like a fine chocolate cake made by Grandma. I've been led to believe. Yeah, except that doesn't really sink your nose in. What have you got in the papers? Oh, not an awful lot. There's nothing in the papers Frankly. today. Kels, we're so short on material. We are so short on material. We may be coming to you later on for a little bit of bants. So I just listened to the bit of the show yesterday because I'm clipping for the podcast. Sorry? Um, yesterday just morning. On. Sorry, I'm just ignoring you guys because sometimes when you speak, I don't realise that you think it's actually going out on air. How rude. Other people hear what you're saying. Yes. So I'm listening to um, the little bit yesterday. Yeah. You had no travel or headlines. When? You literally couldn't survive without me. At quarter past six. Well. It's an absolute Yeah, but shambles. where were you? Where, where were you? I was... I was in bed. Uh, uh, mm. uh, so no, you were in bed three minutes away. 
Three, literally, not even three minutes, one minute thirty away. I'm really surprised she brought that up because we covered for her beautifully. We didn't mention to anyone, did we, that she'd... Um... Um, but according to what I'm listening, you mentioned it quite a lot. We did mention it a lot. So, do you want to redeem yourself? Uh, sure. Do you know what redeem yourself yes, means? Yes, I do, of course. What I does do. it mean? Like, sort of cover myself. Do I want to come back from this? Okay, yeah. 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 Find yeah. me a song. Yeah. Mamas and Papas. Yes. Glad to be unhappy. Oh. Yes. It's good, Yeah. No? Well, it's a, it's a conflicting uh, title. I'd be interested to hear that lyric. It's a paradox. It's an oxymoron. You're an oxymoron. <laughs> Kath. So, <gasps> could you... Well, I wasn't looking at you. I can still hear you. Yeah, well, you, you shouldn't be listening. You're a div. Uh, I'm a what? Nothing. Div. Wow. Wally. Now... He was on earlier. He's quite good, isn't he? Well, he's very good. Very professional. He's, he, he, his team won an award as well. Mm-hmm. OK. Don't... I didn't see him there, though. No. So, could you find that song... Glad to be unhappy. By the mamas and the papas. Sure. What do you need it for? Now. Oh. Because Kath's getting on my nerves. I think she's had too. I think you've had too much airtime today. I think you've had too much something today. What have you got in the papers, love? Bearing in mind, you're now just filling until Kelly finds a record. So. You say record weird. No, I don't. I say record. Yeah, exactly. Record you in a minute. Thank you. You're welcome. I bought the boy. the, The boy's record player arrived yesterday. Within three seconds, the youngest had broken the cover of it. Guys? It's only 1 minute 42, that song. We'll have it now, then, because it's a little bit tense in here. It's got a bit cold in here. I don't know why. Mm. You feel it, Catherine? Kath? (sighs) Do you feel the chill? The cold chill of bitterness? You feeling that? Resentment. This award's ruined you. <laughs> Luckily, I'm a professional because I stopped myself saying something there that I would have regretted. Uh, oh. Have you got the song yet? It's just downloading. <clears throat> Hang on, I might have something else. No, I don't want something else. Hello, two counties. Oh, hi. Hi, Dave. How are you? Yeah. Do you want to have a chat with him? You, um... Hold on, Dave. You need to be a bit I more professional. Well, so, well, on air. Right. If you've got a beef off air, that's fine. We can talk okay. about I'm it. Got a beef what? If you've got a beef off air, if you've got a beef, have it off air. Have a beef off air. Don't do it on air. I haven't got beef. Then what's, what's all this? I'm just letting you do your thing. I mean... No, you're... My job is to make you sound great, so sometimes that's just by backing off and letting you... No, my job is to sound great. Your job is to not have a cob on. I'm fine. Well, why have you got a cob on, then? You call me a div. With good reason. Harsh. What do you want, Dave? Oh, good morning, boss. Yeah, go on. Right, a cat. Sorry? A cat. Yes. You're talking about cat paws. Cat paws? You're talking about cat paws? Well... What on earth are you on about? Catherine was... Oh, you, oh. oh, yeah, you like my phone in, did you? <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks, Catherine. You're welcome, Dave. It's always good to hear yeah. from you. Uh, what were we going to say? Well, when the cat sticks his paws into you. Yeah. Right. We'll but come back to you after this. Oh.
Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're saying about cats, Dave? Yeah, uh, Catherine. You know, have you ever seen a cat when it gets into its basket, it'll turn and turn and turn and stick its paws into the bottom? Yeah, why would it do that? Right, and it seems when it gets on your lap and it digs its paws into your leg. Yes. Because it thinks it's going to sleep on a snake. You what? Where did it, that come they, from? I, I know all about that for years. Cats are obsessed with snakes? It, it feels it's frightened it's going to sleep on a cat on top of a snake. It'll turn to make sure there's no snake under that item that it's going to sit on. But these cats have never seen... My, my sister's cat's never seen a snake. But it's never. It's the instinct of wild animals. Oh. Maybe Who's that laughing? Who's that laughing in the background, what I just said? Is that the boss? <laughs> well... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, Catherine, why are you indulging this Muppet with his fantasies? Did, did, because my mean, sister's cat Muppet? is a house cat. He does watch quite a lot of telly. <laughs> Excuse me, this Muppet? Who are you talking about, this Muppet? I'm talking about you, Dave. Because well, I, a cat, when a cat sits on my lap and I, claws I, I, me, it does, Mike Velvet does not think she's going to sleep on a snake. Ask anyone regarding cats. I, why? It's not... How, do, how, do, how does Velvet, who grew up in a, grew up in a pub in uh, Old Street in London until the age of two, and oh, then she lived in quite well through North London, oh, why God. does she think that there's going to be a, 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 an anaconda or a, 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 an adder? Television, you because, see. Because they think they're an old animal. It's... I think it's called animal. No, it's, it's wild animal. It's going back. It's wild it's animal, but it's not wild animal. It's tame animal. You you are somebody to tell you about why a cat gets into a basket and it will keep on churning and digging its paws. All right, I'm going to ask. Think- I'm going to ask Kelly. Uh, Kelly, why why does a cat go into a basket and go in a circle and dig its claws? To get comfortable. No, it's it's right and it's going to sleep on top of a snake. (laughs) Wow. Right. You know what we need here, Dave? A a catologist. Right, yeah. Get someone on regarding (laughs) A Pittsburgh. Look, what's Kelly laughing for? (laughs) Right, Dave, you've given us the most bizarre phoning we've ever done. Right, just get someone... Can I just say that I didn't know Dave was going to talk such nonsense when I put him on air. <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> right, Kelly. <laughs> you might George see you. Again, I'm really having to bite my tongue. All this com- conversation about sitting on snakes. I'm having to bite my tongue so much. We need a cat spurt, if that's you. Or a pet spurt. Or a pet spurt. 08459 four double five five double five. Cats walk round in circles and baskets and claw my lap because they think they're going to sit on a snake. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way, the road is closed following a serious accident. There's also still trapped traffic between Junction 5 and the accident site. Congestion on the approach going back to Junction 6 for Brickett Wood. Also having a knock onto the northbound carriageway where there are queues between Junction 4 and 5 after all traffic was held following the accident. The M25 anti-clockwise looking slow around Junction 21 for the M1. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh wait, four five nine four double five. Need a cat spurt or a pet spurt? Who? Can... 
who can um, let us know. Do, do cats, when they claw your lap, is it because they're worried they're going to sit on snakes? Cat is wild animal. 6.47, it's Wednesday the 14th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in the Three Counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. Roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. And Cat walk round in circle in basket because it's afraid it's going to sit on snake. Cat is wild animal. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a beautiful start to the day. Finally, we have some high pressure involved in our weather, which means blue sky and sunshine, and it's going to feel rather warm as well. The wind is very light, so barely noticeable. Through the afternoon, we may get a bit more cloud, and there is a slim chance, very slim chance, we may get an isolated light shower, but nothing like the showers we've had for the last few days. It will be light. You probably won't even notice it. It's going to feel warm, though. Maximum temperature up to around 18 Celsius, 64 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight, pleasant end to the day, actually. Some evening sunshine. Overnight, though, fairly chilly. We'll have some breaks in the cloud, which could lead to maybe the temperatures dropping down towards zero in the more rural and prone spots. So there is a slim chance of a sparkle or two of ground frost. For most of us, though, we're staying around seven or eight Celsius. Could see one or two mist and fog patches develop as well. As we head into Thursday morning, uh, they're going to clear quite quickly. We'll get some sunshine to start the day, but the cloud will start to build. There is a lot more cloud around tomorrow. uh, But as we head through the afternoon, we may start to see that break a little bit. Maximum temperature uh, getting up to 18, maybe 19 Celsius tomorrow. So another very warm day. And that's your forecast. Well, I just think it's an absolute disgrace. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Why did Wet 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 break up? You know, it surprised me that it, that it lasted so long, but I think there's always going to be something that trips you up. Great guests. A Milton Keynes charity is celebrating its fifth anniversary after changing many young people's lives. Great music. This is the drifters kissing in the back row of the movies. Hello to Adam, who has messed me, so I'm playing some great tunes today. Great conversations. I'm in the library in Houghton Regis as part of our big tour. A lot of Houghton Regis was mainly 18th, 19th century. There was a big fire in the 1600s which burnt the village out. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, just over a month ago, some Travellers moved onto football pitches in Toddington, stopping the kids from playing and leaving rubbish, uh, broken glass and human waste when they left. Well, it's now emerged the subsequent clean-up operation has cost the parish council double its original estimate, just over £8,000. On top of this, the local football teams still can't use the pitches for health and safety reasons. Jake Kirby is the chairman of Toddington Rovers. Jake, this story rumbles on and on and on. What's Um, the latest? The the council have cleaned up the pitches, haven't they? But but where does that leave you? Yeah, unfortunately, it does um, rumble on and on, Ian. Uh, The the Parish Council have acted um, rapidly and and commendably in in doing everything they can to clear up the area um, that we used to play football on. Unfortunately, as it stands, there's no guarantee that the large amounts of broken glass that were left um, can all be cleared uh, because it's very difficult to see. Um, so at the moment, we can't be guaranteed that the, the playing surfaces are safe for children, so we're still not able to use them. So what are you going to do? Um, at the moment, we don't know. We're, we're going to discuss um, some options that uh, have come up at our recent meeting with the parish council about 
further uh, searches and cleanups that we can help with. Um, and hopefully that will get us into a position where um, we can declare the playing area safe. But, you know, in conjunction with the Paris Council, you know, that's got to be absolutely certain before we can let people back on. Uh, what do you think the council about the council's uh, treatment of this so far? Uh, I have to say they've reacted very well. Um, they reacted very quickly to remove the travellers, um, and they reacted very quickly to get people in to clear up the area. I don't think they or we expected um, the extent of what we'd be faced with. That was the problem. Luckily, obviously, the season's finished, but it, it's a waste for these not to be used over the summer, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, we do. We do like to train through the summer period. Um, to keep the, the kids active and of course our, our academy, our youngsters of sort of five years old and six years old um, certainly do train throughout the summer period. So at the moment um, we're relocating them elsewhere but without that space and those pitches we'll be in serious trouble come next season. So are the, the, the young people that you, you train, they, they are still playing football albeit somewhere else? The, the youngest are from the academy, but um, the other teams that would normally be training there um, are unable to. That must be very frustrating for them. How are they taking it? It, it is very frustrating. Um, I'm, I'm sure lots of people have uh, got their own kids and they know what it's like when they want to get out and do something and they're not able to. But, um, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we get a safe playing oh, area. Yeah, of course, safety comes. I don't think anyone's judging you for, for not allowing people to play on it. Uh, Central Bedfordshire Council says that some of the rubbish that was left behind, that they might be able to identify uh, the travellers who left it, uh, and they have a, they're talking about prosecuting them. What's your reaction to that? Well, I, I, I think that's right. I mean, if they can um, accurately identify people who are responsible for it, then it, they should be prosecuted. Um, you know, if it, if it was you or I, then we would be, so um, why shouldn't they? Jake, I say this every time. I really hope the next time we speak, it's, you're caught, we're speaking to you to celebrate the fact that you've got the thumbs up and everything's safe and the kids can go and play on there. I, I, I suspect it won't be, but I, hopefully we'll get there soon. Yes, I hope that too. Jake, best of luck, and uh, best of luck to all those young people that you train. Jake Kirby, chairman of Toddington Rovers. 08459 455 555. Coming back as a man I'm gonna wear blue And find a pair of flat black leather shoes That shine more than the diamond mine could do 
something new Like wear a cologne It says you are the man I'm gonna own And whispers, baby, will you take me home? Ba-ba-ba-ba-boo I drop a hint and then my keys And then I'll cast a net To catch someone who's in for such a night No, you're not coming back at all. You're banned from my show forever, and I'm sorry for polluting your ears with that utter guff. Don't worry, I have the perfect remedy, the antidote to that emerald lady.
Thanks, Beatles. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound closed between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way after a serious accident. There's still trapped traffic between Junction 5 and the accident site and it's causing severe delays with congestion starting around Junction 6A for the M25. Also having a knock onto the northbound carriageway where there are queues between Junction 4 and 5 after all traffic was held briefly after the accident. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I know we're a little bit late for the news. What, 20 seconds? But I just had to um, had to clear the air after that awful Caro Emerald record. Don't worry, we won't be hearing from her again. Will we, Kelly? Thanks. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, alcohol tags could be introduced in the three counties. M1 closed in Hertfordshire and traveller clean-up costs revealed in Bedfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. People in the three counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. Neighbouring Northamptonshire Police is piloting the project, which could be rolled out to other forces. The tag detects whether there's alcohol in sweat and alerts police. Dave Spencer is a chief inspector at Northamptonshire Police. It's not for drink-dependent people or alcoholics. This is for your people that will drink to excess and then as a consequence be likely to offend. So it will address and allow them to change their behaviour. And if they do wear it for a period of time, the evidence is that it can change their behaviour long term as well. The M1 is closed southbound in Hertfordshire between junctions 5 and 4. It follows a serious accident involving a lorry and a van which happened at around 6 o'clock. Police are asking drivers to use alternative routes. At least 200 people have died in a mining disaster in western Turkey. A similar number are still trapped underground. A rescue operation has been going on throughout the night but has been hampered by the high levels of carbon monoxide. Roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. In April, the contractor was forced to apologise for the disruption and inconvenience caused. Traders say the works have had a massive impact on their business, costing thousands of pounds in takings. Shop owner Michael Porter is not impressed. There's supposed to be a grand opening ceremony on the 19th of July. Well, if the work has supposedly finished now, why has it got to wait till July? I reckon it's because they still think there's going to be more cock-ups. How much have you lost since these roadworks started? I have no figures in front of me, but we're Today we have taken £14, one four. In one day. Yeah, and we've had nine people in the shop. It's emerged the cost of cleaning up football pitches in Toddington in Bedfordshire, which were occupied by travellers, has come to over £8,000, twice the original estimate. The whole bill is being met by the parish council. More from Tony Fisher. Travellers spent three days on the poplars and glebe pitches at the beginning of April. They left behind litter, human waste and glass embedded in the ground. Despite being cleaned up, the local football team say they need to carry out more checks before the pitches are safe to play on. Meanwhile, Central Bedfordshire Council says it's pursuing the travellers with a view to prosecuting them. The new Centre Park's Holiday Village at Woburn Forest in Bedfordshire will open to the public for the first time on Friday, June the 6th. Building work has taken two years. 1,500 jobs have been created. 
created. In sport, Wickham Wanderers have offered new contracts to nine players following their escape from relegation, but eight players have been released. And Ryan Giggs will meet with Louis van Aal in the Netherlands today as Manchester United move towards finalising their new management team. The weather, a mainly dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. My bulge club's a good, nice club. It's all about where you live. We came here with my parents, came when the big industry started. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. When you're out of Hatfield, you do miss it, because it's our little town. I lived about 40 years I came to Hatfield via the uh, Hatfield Polytechnic The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on hang on, before we start this hour properly let's have a little prelude Martin Luton, what do you want Matt? Uh, you just slagged Carl Emmon Sorry? You played Carl Emmon Who? Carl Emerald I don't know a Carla Oh, do you mean Caro Emerald? All right, all right, all right. Well, if you're finding up to Defender, try and get a name right. Carry on, Matt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you slag, you slag the uh, Carl Emerald, and, and Who? then who did I slag? Then you put the Beatles on. What yeah. a lot of old rubbish. Sorry. You make me laugh. You make me sick. You talk about Fleetwood Mac. You think you know it, and then you you compare people like the Beatles with. Christy McPhee, the, the Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I'm not, no, I've not compared the Beatles with Fleetwood Mac. I said Caro Emerald, for that's yes. her name, was Cara rubbish. Caro Emerald, yes. S- Sorry? Yes. Go on, go on. Now, what did you say? <laughs> what did you say I think her name was again? Caro Emerald. Caro Emerald? Yes. Say it. Caro... What? Caro Emerald. Caro Emerald, yeah. What? Yeah, go on then. What were you going to say? I said she was rubbish, and that to um, undo all the... If you got bitten by a venomous snake, right, that wasn't being sat on by a cat, uh, you'd need an antidote, okay? Yeah. Same thing. If you listen to rubbish music, you need an antidote. You need to... say she is rubbish, you don't know anything about music. Well, I I do. I know that Caro Emerald is rubbish. And you see, you say she's rubbish, and then you you listen to Fleetwood Mac, the greatest group in the world. Well... I'm not saying Fleetwood Mac are rubbish. You don't even know the woman's name and you're banging on about her. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, it does, it does matter, Matt, doesn't it's it? Brilliant. Matters to her and her mum. But then you put the Beatles on, which is a complete contrast. Yeah, it's a contrast. You're right, yeah, I'll agree rubbish. with you. It's a contrast. No, it's not rubbish. The Beatles, the Beatles are good. Cairo Emerald is not. You're the only person, Matt, in the world who's, who thinks that Cairo Emerald is better than the Beatles. Well... I think she's brilliant. I think you should apologise. And she has got the same type of voice as Imelda May. Have you heard of Imelda oh, May? Oh, for goodness sakes. W- apologise now. I will not apologise. Apologise now, no, Matt. I will not. Then get off my, my show. Oh. <laughs> off. Now. <laughs> Goodbye, Matt. See you, mate. Ta-ta. You think Caro... Does anybody else... It's turned into a very bizarre phone-in. So, so far we've got... Do cats walk around in circles in their um, uh, beds and claw your lap before sitting down because they're worried they're going to sit on a snake? 08459 555555. And who's better? Caro Emerald or the Beatles? <laughs> I mean, really? 
gosh. We're also talking booze tags, tardy builders and trashy travellers. If you want to take part, don't phone up with a cob on like Matt did. Phone up and then we'll have a chat. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, people who get drunk and disorderly could soon be forced to wear alcohol detection tags rather than a prison uniform if a new pilot scheme takes off. Northamptonshire Police is testing the so-called sobriety bracelets, which are already being used in the US and could be rolled out across the UK. Criminals are given a choice. Wear the tag and stop drinking or end up in court. The tag detects when they've had alcohol and sends a message to the police. You can have your say on this if you want by giving us a call. And uh, But before that, Joe Heaney is from the Hatfield Charity Resolve, which helps problem drinkers. Morning, Joe. What do you make of these uh, sobriety bracelets? Um, good morning, Ian. Um, <clears throat> I, think, I think it needs to be said state from the outset. Obviously, um, independent drug and alcohol services such as ours would have a different set of priorities to that of the police. Um, uh, obviously, we have to understand that you know all those people that come into conflict with the criminal justice system um, do present as issues in terms of how um, the police look to uh, minimise and redu- reduce crime. So I get that. However, from what I've seen of this uh, proposed pilot, what we're looking at is a very short-term solution um, with what I can only guess would be minimum outcomes um, in terms of positive gains. Um, for what is, in point of fact, a very long-term problem. I suppose, Will it not have an impact, though? Because if you, because this isn't for alcoholics in this country, and maybe we'll get onto that in a second, because apparently that's what they use it for in the States. But in this country, if I go out on a Friday night, I get absolutely uh, bladdered, which is very unlikely these days, uh, and I get involved in a fight, I, I, I get <coughs> called before the police or, or the court or whatever, and they say, right, you can either go to prison... Or you can wear a tag which will ensure that you stop drinking. That, that will have some effect on some people, won't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, undoubtedly, there will be a, a small percentage of people for whom the impact of being in this situation will um, cause them to look at their behaviours, maybe in a small number of cases. But the reality of the situation is those people who drink excessively, and I, and I listened to... Um, to um, uh, I've forgotten his name already. That's terrible. The uh, chief inspector, uh, oh, uh, Matthew Mitchell, um, earlier. Okay, yeah. And um, and, he, and he said quite specifically, this wasn't for what he referred to as alcoholics. Yeah. This was for people who binge drink and get involved in crime as a result of their drinking. Yeah. Binge drinking is a form of alcoholism, and so. The reality is those people that binge drink and drink excessively to the point at which they are not completely conscious of their their actions also need treatment, support and help in a similar way to a maintenance drinker. Alcoholism isn't just your average stereotypical street drunk. It's a range of different things, different people from different backgrounds doing different types of problematic drinking. It's interesting you say that, Jar. I don't don't think I've heard that before. Are you suggesting that every binge drinker is an alcoholic? Um... Uh, one of the things about, about alcoholism is it's curious because the World Health Organization um, and the BMA classify alcoholism as the only self-determining um, illness, so you can self-diagnose. In terms of the label alcoholic, most people don't consider themselves alcoholic even if they drink to excess regularly. Now, in terms of standard modes of behavior, we know that young people do the experimenting, they get drunk, they get reckless, they do the thing they do, and then they grow up, move into adulthood, and that, that behaviour changes because the, the way they live their life changes. <clears throat> However, 
or a small proportion of people for whom that mode does not change and they can sometimes go many months without drinking but then when they're on a binge they can be on it for days sometimes weeks at a time and in that period find themselves getting into conflict with the, the criminal justice what system. if it's what if they don't do it for months and it's uh, and when they do do it it's just a friday night they just have a really heavy friday night where they have as, as many pints as they connect they play a few drinking games and they wake up saturday afternoon feeling rotten would you class them as an alcoholic no, I mean, somebody who, who, who doesn't drink for very long periods of time, when they do drink, just drink for a specific occasion, it's unlikely to consider that person alcoholic. But that same person, whilst heavily sedated and under the influence of alcohol, could potentially be a person who comes into conflict with the criminal justice system, and sticking a tag on them won't change their behaviour. Mm. This is um, this is being used in the States, uh, not necessarily for, for keeping law and order. It is being used to help alcoholics people who have realized and recognized they have a problem with their drinking and they cannot stop on their own what do you think about that as a a treatment it's not treatment it's deterrent which is entirely different altogether um and the other thing that i would i would be interested to find out is exactly how long these people have these tags on for and also, is there are um, another form of support that goes alongside that? Because if the tag is a deterrent alongside a treatment path, then that kind of makes some sense. I mean, in this in this country, well, actually across the world, there, there's medication that you can take, and there's a medication called antabuse, which, if you drink whilst taking it, it makes you violently ill. Now, so ill that you literally feel the need to be hospi- hospitalised as a result of that. Mm. There are alcoholics out there who will still drink, having taken this medication, because that is not a deterrent enough for them. Likewise, people in the most chaotic of behaviour traits will not um, see a deterrent such as a tag or or even any other type of uh, criminal justice activity, even prison in many cases. What those people need is they need a recognised treatment plan that will help them identify the behaviours that they know that are antisocial and wrong for them and unhealthy, make changes to their lives and then accordingly live a life in a very different way from that that they've been living up until that point. Now, that, you can't do that in a couple of months. Mm. You know, you need, you need a concerted effort with people having ongoing support at various phases through their recovery journey in order for those people to affect changes, some of which have been doing for most of their life. Uh, Joe, it's fascinating stuff. I could talk to you all morning about this. If people want to find out more about Resolve, how can they? Uh, quite simple, they go on the website, resolve-online.org. They can contact us at our um, Welling Garden City office, uh, which is, uh, um, the phone number is on the website, and they can email in, uh, or they can just turn up to the Whittle Community Centre based in uh, the Woodhall area of Welling Garden City, and they can come and speak to us. And who are you helping, Joe? Are you helping solely alcoholics or, or family members who, who think they might have an alcoholic in the family? Um, we've got a range of support uh, measures that we put in place. Um, primarily, we're in Adult Drug and Alcohol Day Service, which means that the key time target people is people with problems with alcohol. We have an outreach team based in Hatfield, um, which is targeting the most problematic and chaotic uh, street drinkers and so on. And we will also offer advice and support to family members, um, and we do that quite often. And if you want to, you know, if you've got a family member and you need some advice, you can call us up and we will be very happy to talk to you about what we can do and how we can help. Joe, keep up the good work. Thank you for your time. Joe Heaney from the Hatfield Charity Resolve, which helps drug, uh, drug addicts and alcoholics. 08459 455 Five is the uh, the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Do you think that wearing a, a, a tag 
that detects when you're having a few boozy drinks would act as a deterrent. And also, Joe said an interesting thing there, didn't he? That if, even if you go months without drinking and then you, uh, you go on a big bender, which lasts a few days, then there's a possibility you might be an alcoholic. How do you react to that? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound still closed between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Road after a serious accident. Uh, there is still trap traffic between Junction 5 and the accident site. Severe delays on the approach with congestion starting around Junction 6A for the M25. On the sensors, it's also having a knock-on to the surrounding routes with the M1 northbound Junction 5 for Watford exit slip road queuing at the moment. Also looking extremely busy through Leavesden and Brickett Wood. Elsewhere on the sensors, the M1 London bound, queuing around Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead, much heavier than normal there. And also the M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.16, Wednesday the 14th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in the three counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. The M1 is closed southbound in Hertfordshire between junctions 5 and 4. It follows a serious accident involving a lorry and a van which happened at around 6 o'clock. And roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have been finally completed seven months after they were due to finish. BBC Three Counties Radio. Have you ever seen a cat when it gets into its basket? It'll turn and turn and turn and stick its paws into the bottom. Right. And it sounds when it gets on your lap and it digs its paws into your leg because it thinks it's going to sleep on a snake. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise, and for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, you heard right. Uh, Dave thinks that... Um, well, he thinks that cats, when they, they're clawing their basket, they're doing it because they, they're worried they're going to sit on a snake. When they sit on your lap, and cat owners will know this, and they're, they're about to get comfy and they start clawing you, that's worried they, they, they're going to sit on a snake. I need a cat person to come on, please, and explain that to me. I, that can't that can't be true. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. John's in Stoke Mandeville. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ian. John, what, what have you got for us? Uh, well, actually, I'm just ringing up mainly defence of the previous call. I think his name was Matt. Was it? Matt, nice Matt in Luton. Yes, yes, yes. He's obviously a very sensible chap because, Sorry? like me, he realises that the Beatles are and always have been absolute rubbish. <laughs> John, but but ser- what's your serious point you'd like to make, John? That is a serious point. They're possibly the most overrated group that ever existed. Uh, and as someone who I believe actually um, supports or is a fan of the Monkees, um, quite clearly you have no taste whatsoever in music. I mean, if I remember back in the day, the Monkees were, the fans of the Monkees were 12 and 13 year old girls. 
So, you know, I'm not sure where this leaves you at all. <clears throat> well, John. I know, I've noticed before, you go very quiet. When you realise that someone's talking sense and has got one over on you, you just go all very quiet. You usually leave it to Catherine or Kelly to step in. Anyway, look, I've got to go now because my toaster just popped out the toaster and I need to butter it. Yeah, get to that toaster, John. Um, I might ring you again sometime. That's very kind of you anyway. Please Thank do. you very much. Bye, John. Please ring Bye. me again, John. Oh, yeah, I will do. It's lovely John. talking to you girls anyway. At least you're polite. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <coughs> Bye. <coughs> what a good point he made. Yeah, excellent point. Are you all right, Ian? Ian? <coughs> In? He thinks he's going to sleep on a snake. The saga of the Hemel Road work should draw to a close this morning as it looks as if the builders have finally met a deadline. Terry Duris is the Conservative councillor responsible for highways and transport in Hertfordshire. Here's a taster of a conversation we had in January. There's a lot of work been done by Decorum Barrett Council, by Hertfordshire County Council, to mitigate as much as possible... A, a development uh, or, or the impact of the development. It's not easy. It's a very old road. It's a road that we've kept open as much as we possibly could. All right, let's ask. When is it going to be finished? The project is due to be finished mid to late March. There, there is work starting on the entrance at Queensway. And if we can get it finished beforehand, we will absolutely will. Can you guarantee um, that late March it will all be done, that's it, everything will be gone? You are always going to be a hostage to fortune if you absolutely guarantee it. I'm not going to absolutely guarantee it, but to the absolute best of my knowledge, it is scheduled to be finished mid to late March. That was a very optimistic and incorrect Terry Duris speaking. The March deadline was missed, but now, seven months behind schedule, the work has finally been finished. Justin Dealey has been speaking to local traders. This is Barry Garvin from Fret's Music. Well, it looks great. I mean, it's six months late and one day early finishing. Um, yeah, I've done a fine job. There's parking for more parking on the road. Um, it's now just a matter of the local public getting to realise at the shop that the high street is open again and hopefully people will start coming back. I mean, it does look quite impressive, doesn't it, to be fair? Mm. Yeah, well, they've had enough time to do it, so it should do. <laughs> I was say, uh, delays and then more delays. But how much money do you think you've lost uh, since these roadworks started last summer? Well, that's something I'm not willing to go into actual figures on air, but... Um, we're talking tens of thousands. In terms of percentage, we're about 30% down on the previous year. Now, if you're 30% down, do you feel like the compensation that you've been offered is, is suitable? It doesn't even scratch the surface, in all honesty. You know, I'm grateful for the compensation they did pay, but in terms of what they did pay us, it represents one week's loss in terms of, you know, a whole year of trading that was on a downward spiral, purely because of these roadworks. Do you think now the council should come back to, to yourself and other traders and, and make a, a proper apology for what's happened and, and offer you further money to, to hopefully keep you here long term? I think the least they can do, given that the job was supposed to take five months and it's taken just about a year, that they should compensate us for the additional months that have um, shown a downturn in our trading. And whole experience, now we're, we're finally at the end, just try and describe to our listeners just, just how stressful uh, the, this whole experience has been for you and your family, of course. It's been horrendous. I mean, you know, we put everything into buying this business. We've been here six years and we never imagined... Um, even during the worst times of the recession that we have to put up with 
what we've had to experience this last year. I mean, there's been about four to five months of complete road closure, which has just prevented customers from getting here. And when you're, play, when you're running a shop, your customers, your lifeblood, people can't get to your door, we can't trade. And that's basically what's been happening, you know, on and off over the last year. So, Just lastly, what is your message to Terry Doris? Uh, Terry, to be fair, does continue to come on our programme. He's from Hertfordshire County Council. Um, what would you like to say to him this morning? I'd be interested to hear on a proposal of a gesture that he would like to make to all shopkeepers and businesses that have suffered as a result of the unnecessary delays for these roadworks. Well, Terry Doris joins me live from our radio car in Hemel's Old Town. Morning, Terry. Good morning and congratulations. Thank you very much indeed. Well, congratulations to you. You you finally hit a deadline. We've finally finished. You must be very pleased. I am very pleased. What does it look like? I think it absolutely looks brilliant. And uh, one of the great things about it is that it actually restores the old town to looking like an old town. We've got block paving, we've got, uh, we will have anyway, um, uh, Victorian lanterns. We're going to have some great gates at the front of it to actually make it look like a, almost like a little mini village. And that's actually going to have a great benefit because we'll be able to close off the road if we need to. Sorry, not if we need to, but for special events such as Victorian uh, markets, old markets, special events like the opening ceremony that we're going to have on the 19th of July and a whole range of other things. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that Hertfordshire County Council got a bill through Parliament that allowed filming on the highway. And this says I can see an awful lot of people coming here to film in the old high street in Hemel Hempstead. Have you got many bookings for that yet? I wouldn't know because I don't deal with that. Okay. Uh, So uh, what I'm hearing, Terry, is A, it looks fantastic, and B, you think it's going to be a a, a great uh, boon and attraction. But it's not quite finished yet. You haven't got the lanterns and the gates in. No, they're going to go in. Don't worry. The the road is open. It's open for business. Anybody can come here. We've got additional parking that we put in. The road looks great. And the businesses, I'm sure, are going to get the benefit of the completed works. Now, you mentioned the parking. Uh, we've had an email. Um, yes, I don't, I, I don't know if they want their name mentioned or not, so I won't. But we have an email from someone who says, I have a crucial uh, point. It's come to light that the parking restrictions for the midway parking bays that service shops... Um, all bays have a restriction from 6pm for taxis. So we lose all parking spaces from that time. I don't believe that that's entirely true. There are areas which are reserved for taxis in the evening because one of the important things about the old high street is that we've got a, an evening economy. We've got restaurants, we've got bars, and we've got a couple of fine old pubs, fantastic old pubs. One of them is, I think, the oldest pub in Hemel Hempstead. It says here, and I don't know for sure, and I'm, I was hoping you would know, that mid, the midway parking bays, uh, all the bays have a restriction from six for taxis. Well, if he's talking about the midway parking bays, that's probably the bays in the centre of the the old high street, but not at the far ends. Um, I don't think they're affected, but I can't say that for sure because I haven't actually interrogated the individual parking bay details. Okay, Uh, you heard uh, uh, Barry Garvin from Fretz Music, the uh, uh, lost 30% of his trade. What are you going to do to compensate him and all the other traders? I can't make any comment on what traders have lost in terms of trade. What I can say is that we are going to work with the Cornborough Council very hard for the 19th of July to make the opening ceremony as, as lively and as dynamic and as open to all so that everybody in Hemel Hempstead and the wider uh, community can actually come and see the fantastic effect that we have now got in the old high street and also the great stores that we've got, got 
the restaurants, the uh, the, the unique. Uh, Why are we waiting properties? two months? Why are we waiting two months for the opening? Oh, because all of these things take a little while to organise. Well, hang on, you, you've, you've, known, I, you've known for a while that it was supposed to have been finished. Well, is it because you were worried it wouldn't be finished by May the 14th? Well, n- absolutely not, no. No? What I will say is it's probably because we wanted to make sure that there's enough time that we can say to Ian Lee and Roberto Peroni, we're opening on the 19th, so would you like to come along and be our guests? Well, you could have, you could have told us in March that you're opening on the 14th. And I would have, on the, if it was today, I, we would have done the whole show from there. Well, you're very welcome to come and do the whole show on or after the 19th. What about Barry, what Barry said in the other shopkeepers about the, the, the compensation that was offered while it was greatly received doesn't even scrape the surface? The, the compensation that was offered and was given to the traders was from Decorum Borough Council, who have, I think, been absolutely brilliant in working with the traders. The traders uh, might throughout. possibly disagree. Um, lack of information and uh, a lack of respect and lack of uh, r- r- compensation. Oh, well, I'm not going to agree with that at all, because, in fairness, Decorum Borough Council have worked. They have, they've had weekly meetings, they've got a business uh, group set up, and they have worked their socks off to support as much as they possibly can. But not financially, in, in a, and that's what it, and that's what it well, really have, boils down actually, to for independent they have, businesses. They have supported financially the, the businesses in the They've had a, a, a small reduction in their um, uh, the, the tax, business tax, haven't they? They have, they have looked at all the business tax, but you would really need to talk to the Coram Borough Council because I'm not going to go into the individual details about uh, business rates You're the, con- you're the Conservative councillor responsible for highways and, and, and transport in Hertfordshire. Do you not feel some responsibility for this massive... And it is a massive muff-up, Terry. You have to admit that. It's almost taken a year to do what should have been a few months' work. Uh, do you not feel a responsibility towards those businesses that have lost tens of thousands of pounds, that have lost 30%, that have had to sell up a move on? Whenever you have a project like this, and it is a very complex project and uh, with a whole range of different things that do crop up, obviously we, we want to support the uh, the businesses, but I'm not but going not to be drawn into I'm not going to be drawn into offering uh, compensation. That's not something that Hertfordshire County Council can do. Why can't Hertfordshire County Council do it? Because it's not within our remit to do so. Do you, do, do you not feel a responsibility towards those businesses? Of course we feel... that. You muffed not, up. Pardon? You, you muffed up. You should have taken, what, few, four months and it's taken nearly a year? Projects like this, projects like this always take longer. And Sorry? they frequently no, overrun... No, they, no, they don't. They don't always oh, yes. take... They don't always take longer. Well, then you should have built in a contingency plan. Maybe, and maybe that's something that we always have to look at. When we finish the project, we will always look at the outturn of the project and we will look so, and see what lessons can be learned. It's nearly three times the length of the estimated time. Yes, that's I not appreciate just, that's that. That's not just a little, a little over on. That's, that's a complete balls up. They're your words, not mine. Yeah, well, they're the, they're, that's the opinion of a lot of people. It's nearly three times the estimated length of time. Yes, and, it, and, and I can only reiterate, actually, Ian, that it's been a long and complicated project. Uh, there have been issues that we've had to confront along the way. The big thing is that we have to look forward now and we have to say that the road looks absolutely brilliant. It is a lovely road. It has restored the old town into being the old town. And the benefit of it, I am sure, is going to be for all the traders who are here and new traders who come well, the, 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 new ones, the new ones that have, have, have taken over the businesses from the old traders. Terry, go on. Do yourself a favour. Win, win the hearts of a few people. Say sorry to them. Say sorry to the traders that have lost business. 
I am so very sorry for any trader in any circumstance that loses business but I can only reiterate that here we have now let's look forward there's there you you can always learn from history but you can't rewrite history let's look forward and let's do the very best we can for the people in in the old high street and the benefit of everybody who lives in Hemel Hempstead and wider afield Terry good to talk to you and you always. do always come on and we respect you a lot for that we'll speak to you in July cheers now thank you very much Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Jason on the M1 London bound, now reopened between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Ray following an earlier serious accident. We have still got severe delays on the approach though, with congestion starting around Junction 6A for the M25. Having a real knock on to the surrounding routes. Uh, the M1 London bound as well, queuing around Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead as people try to leave the motorway earlier. Also, the A41 heading towards central London, heavy going through Edgware. And in Kings Langley, the A41 southbound, queuing and much heavier than normal for this time, approaching the M25 from the Hemel Hempstead turnoff. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. As we've been hearing, the M1 has reopened southbound in Hertfordshire following a serious accident involving a lorry and a van which happened at around 6 o'clock between junctions 5 and 4. The van driver has been cut free by firefighters and taken to hospital. People in the three counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. Controversial roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish and it's emerged the cost of cleaning up football pitches in Toddington in Bedfordshire which were occupied by travellers has come to over £8,000 twice the original estimate Three Counties Sports BBC Three Counties Radio Wickham Wanderers have offered new contracts to nine players following their escape from relegation. They include Matt Bloomfield, Anthony Stewart, Gary Doherty and Stuart Lewis. But eight players have been released, including Dean Morgan, Leon Johnson and Matt Spring. There's no decision yet on Marvin McCoy. Ryan Giggs will meet with Louis van Aal in the Netherlands today as Manchester United move towards finalising their new management team. Dutch national coach van Aal is set to be appointed as United boss and will speak to Giggs about a potential coaching position at Old Trafford. Tottenham are looking for a new manager after sacking Tim Sherwood. Despite the high turnover of managers, former Spurs player Clive Allen says the club won't be short of applicants. So I think it's a, it's a difficult decision for Daniel Levy at the moment. I think there's a there's a number of people he's looking at. Uh, Pochettino at, at Southampton seems to be one of the targets. Martinez has a fantastic season at Everton. So there's a number of options, I'm sure. Leighton Orient are through to the League One playoff final at Wembley after beating Peterborough 2-1 last night to go through 3-2 on aggregate. They will play Rotherham or Preston, who play their second leg tomorrow night. Watford's 19-year-old midfielder, Luke 9 has signed a new one-year contract. Luton's players and staff have collected more awards, this time at the non-league papers National Game Awards. Steve McNulty was Player of the Year, Andre Gray, Young Player of the Year, Mark Tyler, Goalkeeper of the Year, and there was a Lifetime Achievement Award for manager John Still. And in cycling, organisers of the inaugural Women's Tour say they expect the event to continue and remain in the east of England. Last week's race included stages in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08 
08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, on this show, pretty much anything goes. We, we, we let almost anybody on, OK? Earlier on, we were talking about cats and when they claw you when they're sitting down, all of this stuff. That resulted in a madman phoning up, speaking complete and utter guff. Have a listen to this. Have you ever seen a cat, when it gets into its basket, it'll turn and turn and turn and stick its paws into the bottom? Right. And it sounds when it gets on your lap and it digs its paws into your leg because it thinks it's going to sleep on a snake. Yeah, that, he actually phoned in and got defensive when we questioned that. Well, it's just that my, my sister's cat's never seen a snake, apart from on the telly. Although they have got wild imaginations, haven't they, cats? Velvet seen one. Yeah. Oh, a real one? Huh? A real one? Yeah, sure, why not? OK, it'll be a corn snake or something. Tiny. No, I think it was... Tiny, tiny snake. No, I think it was, um, you know, it was, it was a big, dangerous one. Oh, really? Very powerful. Well, I'm not surprised, then, that she's taking precautions... Uh, Jill has emailed in. I'm a cat and fog owner. I think she means frog. <laughs> wow, that's, that's a combo, isn't it? <laughs> I'm glad that made you laugh. Kelly often gets the jokes that no one else hears. Thanks, that Kels. Or no one else finds funny, Catherine. A little bit more sycophantic laughter from you wouldn't go amiss, young lady, all right? Yeah, right. How, how does everyone on Steve Wright's show laugh at him all the time and yet only Kelly does? recorded. Oh, right. <laughs> they're, on bu- they're on a button. I'm a cat and fog owner. I think she means frog. <laughs> oh, oh. Both dogs and cats turn circles. It's an instinct from non-domestic days when these animals turn circles to pad down long grass to create a comfy bed. Any pet behaviourist says this on all the doggy and cat sites I visit. Well, how many doggy and cat sites are there? Loads. That's from Jill. But there's no mention of a snake there. No. Although they do love a bit of long grass. Stuart from St Albans is questioning it. Hang on, Ian. My dog walks around... Hang on, Ian. My dog walks... (laughs) Hang on, Ian. My dog walks round. <laughs> what does he walk around? <laughs> Hang on, Ian. My dog walks round and round before taking. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, why have you given me this to read? Hang on, Ian. My dog walks round and round before taking a dump. Is she making sure she's not going on top of a snake? Good point. Good point, well mate. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Oh dearie, dearie me! I'd love to see a pic. Remember when we um, mentioned um, was it bums? And her mum sent us in a picture of her 11-year-old son virtually wetting himself in the oh, back of the car. you said Willie. <laughs> we said Willie. Yes. <laughs> he's my favourite. He's my favourite listener, that lad. I can't remember his name. He's my favourite, favourite listener. And I'm, all, I'm just constantly aiming the show at him now. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> hey, do you know who my favourite listener is? Yeah, go on. Of a child persuasion. Yeah. Beth from Bedford. Do you remember? She came Beth, on last week. And... I hear you calling. She owned you last week. Sorry? Over the issue of diabetes. I'm owned by a nine-year-old. You were definitely owned I'd, by I I brought her down to a little place I like to call Chinatown. Chinatown? I've never been there. <laughs> it's near Chinatown, but it's not quite so rough. My favourite is Steve, the 35-year-old PE teacher. Who've been training for 11 years. Yes. Yes. I do love the kids. But yes, I do Steve love Steve. Steve wasn't a kid, he was 35. Well, I admire his youthful persona. But Beth's... Beth, Beth's, Beth's something special. Beth's had an accident. Beth. What's Beth done? Trampoline. Oh, dear. Done a neck in. She's nine years old. She, how did she do that? Um, somersaulting. Beth! 
Can I call her a muppet or is that harsh? No, don't call her a muppet until she's had the brace removed. Oh, yes. Yeah, you got a brace. That's the She's coolest thing. Serious athletic accident. So, Beth, if you're listening this morning, we know you had a late night over at Bedford Hospital. We are well, thinking of you. Let's just say, are you going to look cool in a brace? Everyone does. Uh, not like dogs when they've got those funnels on. They look ridiculous. But, but B, I think that should be a lesson to all callers. Don't mess with me. Okay, my influence reaches far and wide. Far, I'm I'm not. I didn't have anything to do with Beth Saxon. Of course, I didn't. What what crazy thing to say? Just don't mess with me. Oh, I would like to hear more kids messing with you. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Call him now. Like if you think Ian's doing something wrong, or you think that the monkeys are abound for a twelve-year-old girl, then do call in. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double. That fella that phoned in and was was rude about the monkeys. I don't remember his name. I don't. John. John is Don't remember even remember the call particularly. It's a great call. What it's I do remember is silently muttering a hex to myself. And uh, uh, what was his name? John, John Stuart Mandeville. Mandeville. Don't remember it. Don't need to. But um, Mr. Mandeville, I would just say. Look over your shoulder. Keep looking over your shoulder. Not specifically now, because I'm here, but I'm, I wouldn't even be there. But just, just you've opened up a can of whoop-ass. Stay away from trampolines. That's what I... Exactly. Ian, the police have time to monitor sobriety tags for criminals that binge drink and cause trouble on our streets. The police do not have resources to attend burglaries, let alone monitor. Oh, I forgot. We must put all our energies and costs to help the poor criminal to reform. What about the victims? I have an idea. Why not arrest the criminal and bang them up in prison? Or is that so not in nowadays? It's from Pat. Strong words from Pat. 08459 You're still doing that. Let's have a look at the front pages of the paper, should we? Why the heck not? Let's go to, let's go to the three important papers, the ones that, that count. The Express, The Mail and The Sun. In no particular... In no particular order. The Daily Mail still serialising Richard Littlejohn's memoirs. Memoirs of a Lost Britain. His brilliant series continues. Fury after Oxford graduate's husband goes free despite grooming hundreds of girls. Why was internet predator not jailed? A Facebook paedophile who's described as every parent's nightmare has escaped being sent to jail. Timothy Story, 34, appeared the perfect middle-class husband yet groomed hundreds of children on the social networking site by posing online as a privately educated teenager. OK, there's that. The, uh, the Express scrounges on 85 grand a year benefits. Madness in Britain's handout culture. Gosh, it sounds like there are hundreds of people claiming this. Let's dig further and see if it gives a figure. Workshire households raked in the equivalent of £85,000 a year during Britain's benefits bonanza. The worst scroungers were paid three times the average working wage by taxpayers. Figures revealed in an answer to MPs laid bare the true extent of the handouts chaos during Labour's time in power. Workshire scroungers. All those people that were on benefits were workshine scroungers, were they? I'm trying to find if, if it's got a number, because it makes it sound like there are thousands of people doing this. There won't be. The figures received showed some claimants received £1,107 a week or £57,000 a year. Um, a working person would need a salary of £85,000. Give us a number of how many people. Maybe they were really disabled. What a number. OK. A total of 300 households received in benefits the equivalent of a £70,000 a year salary. So, um, 
these figures are really confusing. These figures are really confusing. So, it doesn't say how many people uh, were on the equivalent of £85,000 a year. And it's the equivalent. It's £57,000 a year. Okay? And it doesn't say why they're in receipt of such a lot no. of money. And a total of 300 households received the equivalent of £70,000 a year. So that's 300 receiving the equivalent of £70,000 a year. So it will, be, it will be significantly less. So, while it's possibly too many, if there are scroungers and dodgepots... Um, it's not that many people, which I think is important, and we don't know why they were claiming those benefits. But the Express is pretty convinced they were scroungers. The scroungers, yes. Uh, and uh, the son, uh, oh, Mrs Merton's got lung cancer. Or yeah, she had, has she, has she got it or she's she had it? it? Yeah, and apparently it's genetic, which Ooh, I didn't realise. She's had cancer be. three times. Yeah. She was born with a rare cancer. With eye cancer. Eye cancer. And then bladder cancer, and now this. Oh, I like Mrs Merton. Who her. gave Mrs Merton her big break, guys? Guys? Bueller? Guys? Um, guys? Um, guys? Ricky Gervais? No, guys. Sasha Baron Cohen. Frank Sidebottom. Oh. Yeah. What was the question? Because I just missed it. The answer was Frank Sidebottom. Oh, I, I thought I was going to say that. Who used to be Frank Sidebottom's um, van driver? To... Is it Mrs. Merton? No, 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 no. When they were like doing gigs and stuff, who used to drive the van to the gigs? You. Guys? You? Guys? Mackenzie Crook. Be- no, Chris Evans. I love him. Oh, you oh, see? That's so he's on now, isn't he? Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. I'm really not in the mood for this today. The Times, UKIP faces scandal over cash for euro seats. Threats to MEPs who fail to pledge large sums. UKIP faces a cash for euro seat scandal after forcing MEPs to donate large sums and threatening to bar those who refuse from standing here. The thing is, all of this stuff keeps coming out about UKIP. And the UKIP supporters don't give a stuff. It doesn't uh, dent or damage their faithful uh, attraction to the group. And it doesn't seem to put that many new people off from joining. They could come out and say, hey, Nigel Farage went and burnt down a school last week. Nigel Farage is responsible for those 300 girls that have been kidnapped in Nigeria. He's not. But if a front page headline said that, I don't think anyone would... None of the supporters would would particularly mind. And I don't think it would stop that many people signing up with them. I think a lot of supporters think that um, UKIP are getting an unfair rap in the press and they know it's all part of... You know, they believe it's all part of a big conspiracy um, to discredit UKIP. So, yeah. And who's to say it's not? Not. Not. Nut. Not. You're, You're saying nut. You know that, don't you? No, nut. Not. Different. You're saying nut. I'm saying not. That's a nut. Not. It is. It's not. Got it right then. Not. See, different sound. Why did you, so you just said not at the end? I said nut. That's a nut. Not. I'm so confused. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound, there was a serious accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way, causing severe delays this morning with congestion to Junction 6A for the M25. We've had an update from John, and that's having a knock-on to lots of the uh, surrounding routes and also adding to the normal delays on the M1 London bound. We've got severe queues between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. People seem to be leaving at Junction 7 and then heading towards the Park Street roundabout, so the A414 has severe delays at the moment. Also things looking very heavy as you go through Radlett and Elstree heading towards Edgware. In Kings Langley, the A41 southbound queuing extremely heavy at the moment as you approach the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 
7.46. It's uh, Wednesday the 14th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. People in the Three Counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. The M1 has reopened southbound in Hertfordshire following a serious accident involving a lorry and a van. And roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. Let's get the weather now. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a beautiful start right the way across all three counties. Blue sky, sunshine. We finally got some high pressure, which means some lengthy sunny spells, and it should start to feel warm as well. We run the risk of an isolated shower this afternoon, but it will be light. You'll barely notice it if you're unlucky enough to catch one. Most of us should stay dry. Maximum temperature up to around 17, 18 Celsius. Overnight, a nice end to the day with some evening sunshine, but then we'll start to see it get fairly chilly quite quickly. Some spots, the more rural areas, could actually drop down cold enough for a grass frost but for most of us it should stay around six or seven celsius for thursday we may get a bit of mist and fog first thing but it will lift but will be sunny to start with but the cloud will start to build through the course of the morning it is generally a more cloudy day tomorrow but it shouldn't reflect in the temperature we're still looking at a maximum of 18 celsius and that's your forecast we were there through the good We were there through the bad. Stevenage have been relegated from League One after losing 3-1 at home to Bristol City. And as quick as you like, Bristol City have gone from defence to attack and the ball's in the back of the net. And of course, we were there when this happened. Wickham Wanderers have won 3-0. Bristol Rovers have been beaten. And those Wickham fans are going mad. And we'll be back in August for another season of unrivaled coverage of your local team. Three Counties Sport. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you think he's going to sleep on a snake? Sexy this, sexy that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wagwan, Ken. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Kenneth. What have you got for us? I heard you having a go at Matt this morning. No, I didn't have a go at Matt. He was just talking rubbish. No, 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 no. For those who missed it, Matt said that Caro Emerald was better than the Beatles. Well, he didn't say that because he didn't even know her name. Well. Shame on the shame. You can't defend someone. I don't know. <laughs> but listen. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm listening, Ken. This sums you up, Ian. Oh. Yeah. Matt, are you listening? Right. Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking each day. Who knows if you love me? Well, I must be a hell of a man. Oh, Lord, it's What are they laughing for? What are they laughing for? Oh, is that? Sorry about that. Now, I think myself, 
paljon sun toipsemiusiksi. Seis. Kelles nimi? En. En. It's going on the quiet time. Ken's beating me at my own game. He's beating me at my own game. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll do the taxis in a second, because um, I think our next guest has sat through enough nonsense as it is. It's merged the bill for cleaning up the football pitches in Toddington, which have been occupied by travellers, has come to over four... Uh, sorry, £8,000. The original price was under 4000 now twice the original estimate. Over a month ago, the uh, poplars and glebe pitches were invaded and litter, human waste and glass were embedded in the ground. Even though the clear-up has happened, the local football club, Toddington Rovers, says it's still not safe enough for teams to play on, thereby leaving them with nowhere to play. Jim Gledhill is chair of Toddington Parish Council. Morning, Jim. Good morning. £8,000. Did you have to pay for that? £8,232. <sighs> and, uh, you know, that must have hurt. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's not the way we like to spend our money. I did a sum, actually. Uh, it amounts to £4.40 for every household in Toddington. And I'm sure they would like to spend £4.40 on something better than this as well. It's a lot of money. The football club d- still don't feel the pitch is safe enough to play on. Well, um, I, I, we've discussed this question with our insurers, mm. and they feel that really everybody's done as much as they can. Uh, we've had the pitch walked by the Tonington Rovers team have done this for us. Uh, they've sort of done an inch-by-inch walk across it, checking it, and as far as we can work out, there is no glass there. And the other thing, of course, is that you're always at risk in public spaces for this because every time you play a game, you don't quite know who may have been up there the night before doing things to your pitch. So uh, I've got every sympathy with their position. I understand that they're responsible for the kids that play there, and we share that responsibility. But it's very hard to know what else we can do. Uh, well, I, I guess re-turfing is an option. Uh, yeah, that would be a re-option. It's slightly complicated by the fact that um, we are looking at the moment of, um, of, of getting football onto another, onto another site. Right. So, you know, it would be rather an, another great expense to, to re-turf it. 
when in fact perhaps in a couple of years time we're moving them onto a different pitch so it's a couple of years I, I suppose that the, the parents and, and the, the team are you have to be extra cautious when you've got kids yeah, playing football you haven't you and, yeah. and some might see and I, this is not a judgement Jim at all this is, I'm just putting forward what, what, what some people listening might be thinking some might think you, you can't put a price on that can you well no you can't but um, you know I, it, I say it's already cost us £8,232 um, it, you know, money just doesn't go forever, does it? No, well, no, it doesn't. Uh, what's your message to the team then, Jim? Just, just get on with it. Well, <laughs> do the best you can, I think, is the answer. I, I, I've been looking, I mean, I don't know what else we can do, quite frankly. I, I wondered just briefly yesterday to myself whether we might sort of get some uh, scarifying plant on the surface. You know, the sort of thing that you might use in your own garden in a little sort of way that uh, that rakes the moss and stuff out oh, of yes. the grass. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. If we could perhaps look into the possibility of getting plant that would do that on a large scale. Yeah. And then perhaps run a box mower over it with a box on and clear the stuff off again. Yeah. That might just... Uh, Improve protection. But apart from that, there's, there's, there's nothing else that, that you as the parish council c- can do, and Toddington Rovers need to make best of what they've got. Well, apart from that possibility, yeah. Uh, I've heard, is this true, that some of the rubbish can be traced yes. to the travellers? Uh, not to the travellers. Ah, but the uh, original owners of the rubbish. The original owners of the rubbish, yeah. And um, Central Bedfordshire are looking into who that owner of that rubbish was and, and seeing if they can mad prosecution. Mm. Uh, if they can, uh, the courts can, uh, if, if they successfully prosecute somebody for it, uh, they can uh, uh, they can award uh, the cost of clear up. Mm. I guess the problem is, Jim, with that because we did a story very similar to this a while ago, where. Um, Let's assume it's me. Let's assume I've got some household waste uh, and some people have come to the door and said, hey, I can get rid of that for you yeah. for 20 quid. Yeah. I give it to them. It's these travellers and, and a letter with my name and address gets left on that site. Yep. You'd be coming back to me, wouldn't you? Yep. Saying, we want eight grand. Yep, absolutely. Is that fair? Well, it's fair because the law makes it absolutely clear that if you've got waste to dispose of, you've got to uh, use um, people who've got licences to do it. And, uh, I mean, for example, we've got certificates now from the people who've just cleared up these two sites showing that they are licensed to deal with waste and it will be removed and dealt with properly. If we don't have that, we are liable for any problems as well. It's been a big nuisance, hasn't it, Jim? It is a big nuisance, Mm. yeah. Um, Like I say, we, we are now, of course, we're looking... Actually, as of Thursday night... Uh, we had an incident at, uh, at a farm, two o'clock actually on Friday morning in the village, where a four by four was seen driving onto the site and checking it out, knocked down some wooden posts, uh, and we we're a bit worried that it might be yet another reconnaissance by another group of travellers. So uh, last night we had a, a local man protecting that site with earth and stuff to try and keep them off, but it just goes on forever. Well, Jim, uh, listen, fingers crossed you can find a resolution to this. Jim Gladhill, Chair of Toddington Parish Council. We've got a couple of uh, texts here. Uh, Hemel Roadworks. Ian, why is the Roadworks project being listed and praised as being finally finished 
when the councilman stated, Terry Duris, the street lamps and decorative gates have not been erected. The business owners will still be put out when this work is carried out, as the contractors will still need vehicles in the area. Finished means there's no more work doing, so it is not finished. John from Datchworth, and on the subject of uh, snakes... Uh, Ian, I do agree, this is Pam in Milton Keynes, I do agree that animals turn around to make a bed, but when they sit on you and massage you, sometimes with claws, it's what they do to their mother while feeding to stimulate the milk. So it seems they are comfy and showing affection. Hang on, when Velvet sits on my lap and she digs her claws into me, she's trying to stimulate my milk. I thought she was worried she was going to sit on a snake. Now she's trying to get milk. This is ridiculous. I'm going to get rid of my sick, deviant cat. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, there was a serious accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way. It's causing severe delays with congestion between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. That's because people are leaving the motorway at Junction 7 and heading towards the Park Street roundabout. So looking on the sensors, the A414, extremely bad with severe delays at the moment. Also very heavy as you go through Radlett and Elstree and head towards Edgware. Also in Kings Langley, the A41 southbound is queuing all the way past the M25 through Leavesden and towards Watford. We've also got delays on the A1M southbound that's queuing between Junction 3 for Hatfield and then onto the southbound A1 as you go through Boreham Wood. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much as always. Excellent stuff. Suddenly it's 8 o'clock. Nice one, guys. We got away with it again. Uh, why do cats claw you? I've really gone right off cats. It's not like right little dirty so-and-sos. Oh, and other bits and pieces. I'll explain all after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines, alcohol tax could be introduced in the three counties. Councillor apologises as Hemel Roadworks finally end. An £8,000 bill to clean up after travellers. BBC Three Counties Radio. People in the three counties who commit crime after they've been drinking could be asked to wear an alcohol detection tag as an alternative to prison. Neighbouring Northamptonshire Police is piloting the project, which could be rolled out to other forces. The tag detects whether there's alcohol in sweat and alerts police. Joe Heaney is from the charity resolve in Hatfield which helps problem drinkers. From what I've seen of this uh, proposed pilot what we're looking at is a very short term solution um, with what I can only guess would be minimum outcomes um, in terms of positive gains um, for what is in point of fact a very long term problem. Controversial roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. Traders say the works have had a massive impact on their businesses costing thousands of pounds in takings. Terry Doris is the Conservative councillor responsible for highways and transport in Hertfordshire. I am very sorry for any trader in any circumstance that loses business, but I can only reiterate that here we have now 
let's look forward. There's, there, you, you can always learn from history, but you can't rewrite history. Let's look forward and let's do the very best we can for the people in, in the old High Street and the benefit of everybody who lives in Hemel Hempstead and wider afield. The M1 has reopened southbound in Hertfordshire following a serious accident which closed the motorway between junctions 5 and 4. The accident, which happened at around 6 o'clock, involved a lorry and a van. The van driver has been cut free by firefighters. Turkey's energy minister says hopes of finding survivors are fading following a fire and explosion at a coal mine. Around 200 people are known to have died. More than 200 others are missing. It's emerged the cost of cleaning up football pitches in Toddington in Bedfordshire, which were occupied by travellers, has come to over £8,000, twice the original estimate. The whole bill is being met by the parish council. Travellers spent three days on the poplars and glebe pitches at the beginning of April. Jake Kirby is the chairman of Toddington Rovers. Unfortunately, as it stands, there's no guarantee that the large amounts of broken glass that were left um, can all be cleared uh, because it's very difficult to see. So at the moment, we can't be guaranteed that the, the playing surfaces are safe for children, so we're still not able to use them. The new Centre Park's Holiday Village at Woburn Forest in Bedfordshire will officially open to the public on Friday, June the 6th. Building work has taken two years. 1,500 jobs have been created. In sport, Wickham Wanderers have offered new contracts to nine players following their escape from relegation, but eight others have been released. And Ryan Giggs will meet with Louis van Aal in the, in the Netherlands today as Manchester United move towards finalising their new management team. The weather, a mainly dry day with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 18 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's the right size. It's it's not overbearing. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. Hatfield House and the old town. There's just a lot of history down there. It's all about where you live. I've lived here all my life, near enough. I enjoy it. I like swimming pool. I like to swim. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Paul Scoynes, political reporter, has sent me an email that's got me really angry. It's got me angry, that email. We'll, 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 we'll come to that in a second. I'm just... It's got me really angry. The arrogance of the man. Lots to talk about this morning. Booze, tags, snakes and cats. I know. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's interesting. It's interesting what Jim Gledhill there was uh, was saying. He's from uh, Toddington Parish Council talking about the Toddington Rovers football pitch is. That um, they had travellers on there. They left a load of rubbish. That was all cleared up. Uh, then they found there was glass embedded in the pitch. That was cleared up to the best of the parish council's ability. The football team say, do you know what, it's not good enough, it's, we, we don't think it's safe enough. The parish council have pretty much said, there's not much else we can do, you're going to have to suck it and see. What was also interesting, what Mr Gledhill said was, they have found uh, um, uh, evidence that links the rubbish to someone. Now that evidence, I'm assuming, is a bill or a letter that's got a name and address on it. Well, hang on, if they're travellers, it's unlikely they're going to be receive, receiving bills with their names and addresses on. So, it's quite likely that this 
evidence that links the rubbish with someone is going to belong to someone not associated directly with the travellers. Do you remember we did a story about a month ago? Uh, a woman who gave her household rubbish to some travellers. Uh, they said, we'll take all that for 20 quid, maybe even a bit of tenner. They dumped it a couple of streets away. It got traced back to this woman who'd given it in good faith. She got fined, I think, about 500 quid, something like that. Well, supposing this is the same scenario. Supposing it's some old woman or some old bloke or some mum or some... Supposing it's just... It's, supposing it's you. Some people turned up at your door said, look, you've got some rubbish there. We'll take that for 20 quid. You give it to them in good faith... They then turn out to be travellers who go and uh, pitch up on this Toddington site and they leave your rubbish there. Now, you are legally responsible because you've given it to someone who's not licensed to deal with rubbish. But that gets traced back to you. You could be fined £8,200. You could be sued. You're not fined. You'd be fined a fee. You'd be sued by Toddington Parish Council for £8,200. Does that strike you as fair? doesn't strike me necessarily as being fair, although you are responsible for your rubbish. The people who, do, who did it and who, you know, might have been doing this systematically wherever they go, yeah. get away with it. Does that strike you as fair? 08459 555 On to the... We'll, we'll go to our guest in a second. In fact, we'll do our guest now, because this email from Scoynes needs a little bit of attention, because he's, he's, really, uh, he's really got me very angry, if I'm, uh, if I'm honest. And... Um, well, we'll do it in a second. We'll do it in a second. On to more important things. People prone to violent and criminal behaviour when they've had a few could soon be fitted with alcohol detection tags rather than be sent to prison. They're already used in America where they're known as sobriety bracelets. And now the scheme's being piloted in Northamptonshire with a view to a nationwide rollout if successful. Chief Inspector Dave Spencer is from Northamptonshire Police. He joins me now. Morning, Dave. Good morning. Dave, do you get a lot of drunken disorderlies where you are? Uh, we get our fair share of drunken, violent, disorderly people, just like pretty much any town across the country does. And how will this work? Is it that you arrest them, you take them uh, uh, to the police station and you offer them the tag? Or, or, or does that happen in court? Now, this doesn't involve the court, so right. it's not the serious end of offences. Uh, if someone was going to go to prison or it's possible, they would go to court. OK. Uh, the pilot we're doing is looking at those people arrested for drunk-related... Uh, primarily violent offences, public order, um, and it's, it's a way of diverting them. It's a, it's a caution with conditions. Uh, they'd have a condition most likely to undertake some sort of treatment and so on, education. And then the TAG is a 24-7 monitoring device. It registers all their drinking. That then allows us to understand, you know, if we've asked them to be or they've agreed to be sober, have they complied or not? And if they haven't, we can then reconsider it. It's interesting, Dave. You said it's only for people who wouldn't go to court, and then you said you'd be offering this to people who've been involved in violence. Yeah, this is... The pilot we're doing is those people who have committed the lower-level public order, common assault, drink-related stuff. OK. If, if someone's uh, committed a violent offence that's far more serious and custody is likely, we would put them before the court. OK. And how long would they wear this tag for? Uh, the legislation provides for 120 days maximum. We wouldn't be looking at that at all in this pilot. This is um, it's some learning for us about how the kit works, how it's best applied, who's the best person to put it on, what type of person succeeds best. It's about changing the behaviour. So we may be looking for a month, two, three months maximum. OK. I'm assuming it's voluntary. It is at this point, yes. 
it can't work then, can it? Because if I'm if I'm a boozer and I like having a scrap and I like having a beer, and you say, well, listen, what we you could wear this tag for a month, I would very politely, perhaps not so politely, tell you to jog on. Um, no, I don't think. Well, I think people will consider it, and there will be people who accept it. They'll see the benefit offers. So if they've got a a crime that could go to the court, it wouldn't be a custodial type crime, but it would go to the court. This will keep them out of the court system. It will give but are, you, are you allowed to offer that, Dad? Are you allowed to say, look, either go to court or wear this? Yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's what's termed a conditional caution. So conditional cautions have been in for uh, quite a while. This is the first time we've applied the alcohol tag as a possible condition. So that, that, that basically it's, it's either wear the tag or, or get a fine? Um, or go to court and the court will dispose of it as they see fit. But, but I, sorry, I thought you said that this was for cases that would, wouldn't go to court. So this is for people that would be unlikely to get a custodial sentence. Right, so a fine. Or a community service order, or a reparation order. Okay. Or, yeah. How much take-up have you had on this so far? Uh, we've only launched it on Monday. Oh, OK, um, okay. so it's early days. So no, I think I'm, I'm getting one fitted this morning in about half an hour, and I'll probably be the first one. Right. Oh, you're going to wear one? I'm going to wear one for the next week just to see how it goes. And are you going to drink to, to see what happens? I will. And what, what, this is going to sound, I realise I'm formulating this question, it's going to sound ridiculous, but maybe it's not. What happens? Does a, a little red light flash in the police station and it says, uh, oh, Dave, Dave Spence has had a couple of beers, let's, let's go and find him. How does it work? Uh, sort of, but not quite that simple. Right. Um, what the device does, every half hour it takes a, a reading of the sweat from your body. Yeah. It analyses that to detect how much alcohol... Uh, is in your body coming out through your sweat. That then tracks every half hour you're drinking based on the amount of alcohol it detects in the body. That is transmitted to a, a central device that collates all this and it produces a graph. Now the graph's got three lines on it. One is your drinking episode, so it normally starts at naught and if you drink it will go up and then gradually it will come down until the alcohol's all left your system. Another line shows if the device has been tampered with or not. And the other line is your body temperature. Oh, OK. D- uh, and, and what happens if, if the, the alcohol line gets quite high? Do you, do you, will you know where the people are? Won't know where they are. We will know that they've had a drink. Um, but what it does do is say we can have a conversation with them and say, look, you said you were not going to drink. You now have drunk. And then we consider our options based on what they say. So we could give them a warning and carry on. We could maybe charge them with the original offence or, or seek alternative remedies. Uh, see, there's part of this I like, Dave. Part of this, I, I, I think, is a good idea. But I do worry that it's all a little bit toothless. Um, this is a pilot. Yeah. This is around conditional cautioning. Um, it's for us, over the next six months, to get an understanding of how it works best. Now... The government of an order that they're looking for pilots on called an alcohol abstinence monitoring requirement that a court would be able to impose. Mm. Now, currently, there are no approved pilots, and we're looking at that maybe towards the end of the year, starting next year, as a possibility. But we want the learning from using the equipment first before we talk to the Justice Ministry and say, yeah, we're really up now for having a pilot. Do you know what, Dave? Apart from you, you know, taking a hit for the team, and, and well done you, uh, I, I'm, you say this started on Monday. I'm guessing... Friday, Saturday will probably be the first time you get to um, to put this into practice. Could we have a chat next week and see how it goes? Um, if we get someone, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll check my diary, see what's going on, and um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll get someone to come back to you on that Dave, one. Dave, don't sound so nervous. I'm not going to have a go I'm at you. I, I want this. I want I, this to work. If this works, this is a cracking idea. No, my worry is I come back Monday and we say no one got arrested. Well, well listen. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll have a word. Well, let's hope nobody does get arrested. In that well, case, that would be great. Yeah. Let, let, I tell you what. One of my team will give you give you a call next week, and we can see what happened and see if you had to use it or anything. That'd be lovely, Dave. Look I, forward to thank it. you very much. Don't don't sound panicked, Dave. For goodness' sakes, we want this to work. Dave Spencer, Chief Inspector from Northamptonshire Police. I like the idea. I like the sound of the idea. Because there's, there's, there's not much worse, is there? Than I mean, I don't really go into towns on a Friday or Saturday night, but on the occasion I've had to, you get a load of drunk idiots having a fight outside a pub or being rowdy outside. Oh, I hate all that. I hate it. Even when I was drinking, I hated all that. So if this can stop that kind of behaviour then fantastic. I'm just not convinced it will do, particularly if it's voluntary. So, um, would you like to wear one of these? Get out of here, copper! Didn't they wait till they've sobered up first? All right. Get out of here, copper! That's what they'd say. I don't know. I I like the idea. I'm just not quite sure how it works, but I'd like to see... Let's have a speak to Dave on Monday. And, um... He's sounding nervous. He's made, all right. I made a police that? officer nervous. Yeah, tough guy. <laughs> I'm a tough guy. I'm not, I'm not tough in the slightest. Uh, 08459 455 555. Your thoughts on that, please. And thank you, Dave, for, uh, for coming on. Uh, David in Marsh Farm Size. Re, uh, farm, Marsh Farm says. Hmm. Read Toddington Pitch. Farmer, find a farmer who would plough up the pitch, harrow it, roll it, then reseed it. Could be done in a day. I know what I'm talking about. I worked in horticulture. Don't mess with him, he's a professional. <laughs> Ken in Redbourne. You are missing the point with the traveller story. The glass was not just dumped. The councillor originally said the glass had been deliberately hammered into the ground base first to spoil the pitch. It was a deliberate, malicious act. How difficult can it be to find them? Caravans are not exactly ideal for quick getaways. <laughs> and they must be illegally parked in another county and known to the police. Well, it, it's true. I'm just... It just, I'm just Worried, that's not the right word. I'm just curious as to how it works. If the rubbish gets traced back to Mrs Smith, who lives at number two, the high street, and she then gets sued for the £8,000, is that fair? 08459 555. And she's the easiest one to pursue. Yeah. Because if you find them again, then you give them, serve them a notice or a court order. Yeah. Then how do you find them to make sure they go to, to, to court? You get them to wear a booze tag. That's not going to work, is it? I've, confu- I've, I've confused the two stories. Thank you, Kelly Betts, my coffee. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Major problems on the M1 ongoing today. Uh, between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way on the London-bound carriageway, there was a serious accident. We've got delays from Junction 6 for Brickett Wood. It's also causing congestion between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. People are leaving at Junction 7 and then heading to the Park Street roundabout, so the A414 has severe delays at the moment. Also, things looking extremely heavy as you head through Elstree approaching Edgware. In Kings Langley, the A41 southbound queuing all the way past the M25 through Leavesden heading towards Watford. And we've also got delays on the A1M southbound queuing between Junction 4 for Hatfield and then onto the southbound A1 as you head through Boreham Wood. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 
8.16, Wednesday the 14th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council is considering tracing people using rubbish left by travellers in a bid to recoup the clean-up cost. It's emerged the cost of clearing football pitches in Toddington, which were occupied by travellers, has come to over £8,000. The M1 has reopened southbound in Hertfordshire following a serious accident involving a lorry and a van. And roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. BBC Three Counties Radio. Later this month, the UK and Europe goes to the polls to decide who represents us at the European Parliament. I really don't understand any of it, so I don't know. Our MEPs make decisions on everything from the food we eat to the cars we drive. This election promises to be one which could have a lasting impact on our political landscape. I am plenty of vote, yes, I've got my card through the post. And tomorrow I'll host a special debate with the main parties live from the University of Hertfordshire. I think there's too many rules and regulations really. I mean, everybody's governed by everything. An election special with me, Roberta Peroni, tomorrow from three, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. But if children are overnourished, you've joined us halfway through a conversation, they get fat. Yeah, they do. uh, Jonathan is just wondering why I'm, I'm so tall. Well, I just wondered if, you know, your parents were very tall. Not, Not particularly. I guess my dad was maybe six foot. He was quite a fat man. Six, six foot. Well, he's quite tall. My mum, five ten. Ooh. It's tall for a lady. Yeah, it's I quite suppose. tall, isn't it? But but not freakishly tall. No, no. My granddad on my mum's side was long and thin, so I'm guessing maybe it comes from there. Oh, right. Um. Well, I just wondered if they'd you know they'd fed you a lot, because if you don't feed children properly, yeah, then they they don't grow properly. Yeah. They're malnourished. And this is where you've joined us. The conversation is is uh, circular. And Do you think you... Kelly was malnourished? <laughs> <laughs> what what's going on there, Kels? What what went wrong? Were you fed properly, Kelly? What what went wrong, Kelly? In, in my life, yeah, um, <laughs> lots of things. Kelly is Kelly is four foot ten and a half. Yes, that's a lie. But they right, grew her in a jam jar. That's why four foot eleven. How? Why are you so short? Well, what makes you think that I am small? Well, you are. You're no, diminutive. But listen, <laughs> but but the perfectly whole, formed. The the world well, suits the me just fine. I don't feel too small. No, but you are too small. Desk or this chair. I think I'm the right height for everything. Oh, yeah. You guys are all just massive. Kelly is the Shetland pony of the human race. <laughs> I've said it before. Here's someone who's tiny, and you may not have noticed this. Catherine Boyle. What? She, no, she's always wearing high heels. I was stood at the, uh, uh, the hotel uh, a couple of months ago next to her at the bar. She had flats on. I thought I was stood there with a, with a 13-year-old. She tall, she's short. She is... I am not. You are way... How tall are you without heels? About five, six... After the after this, go next door and stand next to her. And make her take her, her high heels off. Well, I will. And you'll be surprised. I will. She's she's always strikes me as a, as a, a big, in every sense of the word, powerful woman. <laughs> and it turns out she's not. <laughs> it's the same, Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're no, laughing at you. I'm formidable. That's what it is. We're laughing formidable. at you. I'm a powerhouse. Yes. We're laughing at you. She's like Lady Bracknell. <laughs> He's doing a posh laugh at you, which is... Uh, Cruella de Look, look, look she, you can stand up now, Catherine. I am standing up. Thank you very much indeed. Mind you, I don't like standing next to you, because I feel very short. I'm not a short I man. I don't like standing next to you. You stink. I... Oh. 
Oh, sorry. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? You don't. You always smell wonderful. Oh, thanks very much. What's on your show this morning? We're picking up on the uh, traveller story oh, this morning. Oh, yeah. yeah very interesting, this one. From nine this morning, I'm going to be asking who should pay for the clear-up of Toddington playing fields. A month ago, travellers moved on to football pitches in Toddington, and when they left, the council had to clear 13 tonnes of waste. Well, that was a lot, wasn't it? We've since learnt that the clean-up operation cost £8,232. The Parish Council have paid the bill, but now Central Bedfordshire Council say that they may be able to identify where the waste came from. And if so, they may be able to prosecute those people to reclaim the cost of the clear-up. I thought that was fascinating when mm. that gentleman from the council said that. They do, however, accept that finding the travellers who dropped the waste may be impossible. Yeah. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Who should pay for the clear-up of Toddington playing fields? Do you think it's perfectly acceptable to go after those people where the rubbish came from originally? Those homeowners who probably had a knock at the door and somebody said, do you want us to take away that waste? Give us 20 quid, we'll take it away. Mm. Those people who said, oh, yes, please. Is it fair that they are now pursued because they were stupid in handing over this waste? Mm. Or do you think every effort should be made to find the travellers? From nine this morning, I want your views on this. Who should pay for it? You can get your call in on 08459 455 555 from nine. Go and stand next to Catherine. I'll do it now. Honestly, you're in for a disappointing shock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, we're going to listen live as Jonathan Vernon-Smith stands next to Catherine Boyle. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You see, she's tiny. Uh, on the subject of uh, the rubbish left on the playing fields, Mick's in Watford. Morning, Mick. Morning. Mick, what would you like to say? I can't believe that you're having all this trouble about finding who, who left the rubbish there. Why do we want a, some woman's bill that might be innocent? Well, there is no innocent... You are guilty if you give your uh, waste... And we're making a lot of assumptions here, but you are guilty if you give your waste to be disposed by people who are not licensed to dispose. That is an offence. Yeah, quite right. And and if people stopped employing them, it wouldn't happen. But surely when when the police evict these people, they've got all this technology and resources at their disposal. When they evict these... Travellers, do they? Do they? Who, who moves the caravans? And who? who do they have lorries and vehicles? The travellers move them themselves. Oh, so they're vehicles. Yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're, they're travellers. So number plates and register and uh, road tax. I think you know the answer to that question, Mick. Yes. I do, but that's why it's can't the police trace these people and pick them up within hours. Why do we have to go through this business of going through the waste even to find bits of paper? They know who's done it. Just arrest them and and find them. If they do know who's done it, why do you think the police and the council are reluctant to arrest those people? You tell me. Well, I'm asking you, Mick, so... I think the reason is that it's easier to to get someone like me or, or, or who's been naive and employed these because I'm in a fixed abode. And they know where I live, and they've got all the information on me, and they come round my door, knock on my door within hours. It's a little bit more... These people could be in Northern Ireland now, or they could be in Scotland, anywhere down the West Country. And it's too much bother. Why don't they... Before they evict her, why don't they make them take the rubbish with them? 
Well, I think I, I can't quite. Catherine, maybe you remember the details of this story. Did they do a moonlight flit and and disappear I quickly? Think, I think they left before they got evicted. Oh, so, so all the time they were there, yeah, um, they they get away with it. Well, there are laws that prevent you from booting people off um, property immediately, aren't there? Yeah, but surely they can take their number, their uh, their registrations and stuff. Well, they're there. <laughs> no, you, I, I, I agree, yeah. You, you would think they would, or, or place a tracking device under one of the caravans. Anyway, it's frightening. If we've got a police force that can't think that far ahead, it, it's, it's just frightening. Mick, thank you very much indeed. So, JVS is picking, up, uh, picking this up and, and running with it in a slightly altered format, but we're asking, do you think it's fair that if the, uh, the rubbish that was left on the, uh, the football pitch by the travellers, if it gets traced back to you or your mum who was let's say naive at best stupid at worst gave some travellers 20 quid to take their rubbish then you or your mum could be fined uh, well you could face a fine and then be sued for the 8,000 odd pounds it's cost to clear up the football pitch do you think that's fair? 08459 455 555 Big G's in Bedford, morning Big G Good morning sir, how are you? Yeah I'm good thank you, can I call you Big Cheese instead? You can call me what you like, mate. All right, you darling. Me Geraldine last time, if I remember right. All right, the, the big cheese is on the line from Bedford. Yes, big cheese. The, you, you, it's not fair to, char- to charge the people that have got rid of the rubbish. Why? They've broken the, the law. They've, They've broken, broken the, law. the law. But so have the travellers. The travellers break, are breaking laws left, right and centre. If they're the people that are making themselves available, there are people out there that are gullible and, and not aware of the fine details of the law well, of, regarding getting rid of rubbish. Big cheese. Now, being unaware of a law is not a defence. No, it's not. It's ignorance. But well, it's ignorance. Every, I, I, everybody's you can't ignorant be... of some fact. Yeah, exactly. But you, you, can't, um, you, you can't go to court and say, oh, I didn't know it was illegal. Well, you can, no, but you, you won't no, get you let can't. off. No, you can't, no. But it, with, like, robberies and, and burglaries and stuff like that, the, the police are going after the burglars. If they catch someone that's handled stolen goods, they will do them, but that is a secondary offence. It's the burglary, burglary that is the main problem, and that's what they're going after. In this case, it's the, the, the travellers that are taking the rubbish from people that are perfectly innocent and not aware they're breaking the law. They don't realise that the travellers are going to dump it in the field. So that is the secondary offence. They should be going after the travellers that are committing the offence in the first place. Mick. Now, there, there is a way that they could do this. Go on, then. What's... Just bear with me. Yeah, go on. When, when the we finish at nine. When the travellers go onto a site, it is an illegal encampment nine times out of ten. That is breaking the law. Now, when the police go to a, an encampment, there is normally one traveller that is in charge of that site. This is where I was saying the Gypsy King last time, and you didn't like it, but it, I meant there's someone in charge of each encampment. When they arrest that person, I'm on the understanding that they are entitled to take DNA evidence for future reference. So once they arrest someone for being on an illegal encampment, and they've got DNA evidence of the man in charge of that encampment, when they move off and leave eight grand's worth of rubbish behind, next time they park illegally and they arrest the man in charge and take his DNA, they can link him to the last encampment that had eight grand's worth of rubbish that needed clearing up and charge him the eight grand, seeing as he's the one who's made money out of the illegal offence. Big Cheese, thank you very much indeed. Big Cheese there thinks it's unfair... Big Cheese, yeah, he thinks it's unfair that the homeowner that... We're making a lot of assumptions, by the way. 
but that the homeowner that gave their rubbish to the travellers will be prosecuted, thinks it's unfair. I don't buy the, oh, I didn't know it was illegal. That doesn't, that doesn't count. You couldn't go into a court of law and say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I, uh, I, I shot that dog. I didn't realise it was illegal. Sorry I, I stabbed that guy. I didn't realise it was illegal. It didn't work. Ignorance is not a defence. 08459 555. So it seems you think it's unfair for that person to be prosecuted. Why do you think they don't want to prosecute the travellers then? If it's that easy to trace them, why don't they want to prosecute them? We didn't talk about that. We can. We need a cat spurt or a pet spurt to tell us why cats walk around clawing their bed or clawing your your uh, lap. It's not. We don't think it's what um, David Luton said. It's because they're worried they're going to sit on a snake. That's that's the theory he gave us. Can someone dispute that, please? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the M1 London bound, there was a serious accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way. Very slow on the approach from Junction 6 for Brickett Wood. Also causing congestion between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. People are leaving the motorway at Junction 7 and then heading towards the Park Street roundabout. So the A414 has severe delays at the moment. Also, the North Orbital is queuing from the Park Street roundabout to the M1 Junction 6 for Brickett Wood. Then in Kings Langley, having a real impact on the A41 southbound, queuing from the Hemel Hempstead turn-off all the way past the M25 and through Leavesden as you head towards Watford. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Bedfordshire council is considering tracing people using rubbish left by travellers in a bid to recoup the clean-up cost. It's emerged the cost of clearing football pitches in Toddington, which were occupied by travellers last month, has come to over £8,000. Controversial roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed, seven months after they were due to finish. And the M1 has reopened southbound in Hertfordshire following a serious accident which closed the motorway between junctions 5 and 4. The accident which happened at around six o'clock, involved a lorry and a van. The van driver was cut free by firefighters. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham Wanderers have offered new contracts to nine players following their escape from relegation. They include Matt Bloomfield, Anthony Stewart, Gary Doherty and Stuart Lewis, but eight players have been released, including Dean Morgan, Leon Johnson and Matt Spring. Ryan Giggs will meet with Louis van Aal in the, in the Netherlands today as Manchester United move towards finalising their new management team. Dutch national coach van Aal is set to be appointed as United boss and will speak to Giggs about a potential coaching position at Old Trafford. Tottenham are looking for a new manager after sacking Tim Sherwood despite the high turnover of managers at White Hart Lane. Former Spurs player Clive Allen says the club won't be short of applicants. I think it's a, it's a difficult decision for Daniel Levy at the moment. I think there's a there's a number of people he's looking at. Uh, Pochettino at, at Southampton seems to be one of the targets. Martinez has a fantastic season at Everton. So there's a number of options, I'm sure. Leighton Orient are through to the League One playoff final at Wembley after beating Peterborough 2-1 last night to go through 3-2 on aggregate. They will play Rotherham or Preston, who play their second leg tomorrow night. Watford's 19-year-old midfielder Luke 9 has signed a new one-year contract. Luton's players and staff have collected more rewards 
Awards, this time at the Non-League Papers National Game Awards. Steve McNulty was Player of the Year, Andre Gray, Young Player of the Year, Mark Tyler, Goalkeeper of the Year, and there was a Lifetime Achievement Award for manager John Still. World champion Sebastian Vettel will test with the Milton Keynes Red Bull team in Spain today as they bid to find a solution to their poor start to the season. And in cycling, organisers of the inaugural Women's Tour say they expect the event to continue and remain in the east of England. Last week's race included stages in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. What did you flinch for? There's two sheets of thick glass between us. Um, because I've got uh, <laughs> a of a ninja. I can't help it. So Scoynes has really annoyed me this morning. I noticed. I'm really angry. Paul Scoynes, political reporter here, the kind of man who phones up very drunk at 1.30 in the morning going, uh, uh, it's, it's the sound of the police. I then found a... Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. He sent an email, right? Importance, hi. I don't think so. Yo. Oh, this is at 7.52. Yo. Only just switched on the radio, so apologise if, apologies if you've covered this. There's a story about calling teachers sir or miss being sexist. Someone is recommending first names. That used to happen at Stantonbury and Milton Keynes, but they changed it a year or two ago to a more traditional terms. Dunno. Thanks for that, Scoins. I tell you why I'm angry. Why? Why? Because it's a rubbish story. That uh, you you flagged this up earlier, and yeah. I poo pooed it. I poo pooed it. I also poo pooed it. No, you didn't. You, you wanted to do it. Well, no, only because you and your boyfriend want to do it. Boyfriend, one lover is mm, one. Uh, it's nonsense because it isn't sexist. That's like saying calling someone Miss is sexist, but the person who thinks that I think is probably a bit sexist. If we're going to talk sexist, nothing wrong with being sexy. But it's nonsense. And even if a teacher asked me to call them by their first name, I couldn't do it. No, OK. Even when I, I met s- my head teacher years later and yeah. he said, please call me Nigel. No, I can't, Mr Croft. I, my, um, my boy's teacher, I have to call her uh, Mrs. You know, yeah. Mrs. Jones. It's not her name. I call her Mrs Jones. And she told, I know her first name. She's told me her first name and I still say, thank you, Mrs Jones. Anyway, that's not the reason it's annoyed me. Why then? Why? 7.52. I've only just switched on the radio. What, what is that all about? We've been on for one hour, 52 minutes. He'd only just switched on the radio. Is he a dedicated member of this team? What is that all about? Makes me want to eat my own fingers. Don't do that. You need them for pressing buttons. I do need them for, for pressing buttons and making and indicating gestures. Indicating your displeasure, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just really gets up my, up my nose. Right. Well, he won't have heard this because he will have switched off again. If yeah. you're watching Good Morning, this is Britain. No, it's Lorraine now. Yeah. I don't know how I know that. No, OK. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What do you want to have a whinge about today? Um, uh, not, not necessarily a whinge. Once it again, will be. It will we're be. back to common sense. Yeah, OK, common uh, sense. Come if, on. They, if they make... Uh, these these travellers mostly, they're in small communities. They usually travel together. They don't just arrive by chance, six or eight vans and that sort of thing. And they should have to register. If they're going to stay overnight, they should have to register in the area with the police or the, or the council. And then, then once that starts to happen, if they have to come back again and register again with their with their licence, then uh, any any mess that was left before yeah. could be charged. Full but, stop. Easy. Yeah, but that well, it's but no, but it's not easy because they by default quite often just turn up. Are you in a wind tunnel? 
Uh, no. Okay. They uh, they quite often, by default, just turn up at football pitches like this one in Toddington and, and, and rock up there in the middle of the night when there's no one to stop them. Yes, I appreciate they 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 pull up. They the, ignore in- sir, they ignore certain rules and uh, use the law's fallibilities to to their own gain. Well, yes, and that's that's where I mean it's their own fault really. It's the country's fault because they're not introducing laws that would cover certain aspects of what they do. And uh, they're getting away with lots of things that they shouldn't be getting away with. Well, it's illegal to dump rubbish on a football pitch. Yeah, and it's dangerous too. And it's dangerous. So that's a law. So why do you think they are not being uh, pursued? Well, if if uh, if I don't, I do. I think the police try to put it onto the council. The council say they haven't got enough money to pursue it all, and and really and truly, it's put, putting the blame between each other. And the police should be the one who are responsible for illegal parking. Have you ever owned a cat, Peter? Pardon? Have you ever owned a cat? Yes. Did it used to claw on your lap when it was settling down? It used to, yes. It was. It was looking for a snake. Oh, don't believe that. That was. That's. They do that when they're purring, anyway. They, that, and they wouldn't be purring if they're a snake. <laughs> do, do you have many snakes in Walmer Green? Um, no, I've never seen any here. I've seen them quite often before. Yeah. In Swanage and places like that. Yeah. Dirty swine. Up on the heath. Peter, thank you very much. Ka- uh, Jane's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Jane. Morning. All right. Yeah, yeah we, the, the, this, the, we started off the show with Dave in Luton saying cats uh, claw laps because they are looking for snakes. Okay. Is that true? Uh, I don't think so, somehow. <laughs> well, what's but your take on it? it? Um, I have a cat that had kittens, and uh, the kittens used to need at the mother's teeth to get the milk to come We all down. need a mother's teeth. Yeah. Well, that's what kittens do. They yeah. need the mother's oh. teeth to, to get the milk to stimulate. Uh, ah. And then when, as cats grow, as they get older, they do it as a comfort thing to settle down when they go to sleep. Uh, so we've we've had this theory put forward before. Okay, so it's 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 uh, a learnt response. It's originally to uh, stimulate the teats to bring out milk. I can say that with a straight face. Uh, but then when they do it on my lap, they're not trying to look for a snake, and they're certainly not trying to get milk. No, because cats learn from their mother. You see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and it's the same with toilet training. If they use, if the mother teaches them to use the cat litter tray, they'll do it all what? their life. Listen, Whereas... what is it in cat litter? Because g- g- when my cat, when I put, we sometimes we have to keep her in, or or, or 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 whatever reason. But sometimes we still use the litter tray. She knows to go outside and go to the toilet outside. But if I were to put a litter tray in the house, she would find that and use that instead of going out. What's in that litter that makes them want to wee and poo so much? It's the uh, it's the whole mother thing. The mother would have taught them to use the litter tray when they were kittens. Okay, where does the mother learn it from? Her mother. Okay, ah, uh, where does where does her mother learn it from? I expect from the next door neighbour's dog. Thank you very much indeed. We got there in the end, so it all goes back to dogs, which is why dogs are the worst pet. One dog that is not a great uh, uh, pet at all is J Dog. Morning, boss. No one, no one, J-Dog, could tame you, could they? No, nobody. People have tried in the past, and boy, they have tried, but they have failed miserably, the lot of them. Oh, uh, can I just say, great news. I'm furious with uh, Paul Scoynes. Uh, yeah, what, what, what's he done again? He's only just started listening to the radio at eight o'clock. He's right. also sent us a story uh, about it's, it's sexist to use the term sir or miss. What? He, 
Yeah, morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mates of yours, are they just? Uh, no, certainly not. Okay. No. Are, you, are you scared? Uh, no, no. You're a little bit, a little bit scared, yeah, are you? Yeah, morning, sir. Morning. He Do you says, like it, Ian? Oh, okay. He says uh, this used to happen in Stantonbury and Milton Keynes. Well, mm. Zoe in Milton Keynes has got in touch. Stantonbury never changed it. Teachers are still called by their first names. Scoynes is wrong. He's always wrong. Can we all say it together? Scoynes is wrong. Scoynes is wrong. Scoynes is wrong. Scoynes is wrong. I've got a better one. That's the sound of incorrect. 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 Uh, <laughs> lovely. Uh, Scoins is just plain wrong, though, isn't he, really? Now, we've been following the fortunes of traders in Hemel lately, where many have been blaming Roadworks for a devastating drop in trade. Now, seven months after the improvements uh, should have been completed, the old town is fully open again, although it's not quite finished. They've still got to put lamps and gates in. Justin, you've been in Hemel this morning. Yes. What's going on? What's, what have you got for us? Ian, it is looking absolutely magnificent. We, of course, uh, we have followed this story since, what, last November. That's when the Roadworks were due to be... To, uh, be completed by. Um, the whole thing has been a nightmare. Um, the, the delays just kept on coming. The, the whole idea here was to put a one-way system in. Yeah, morning to you as well, sir. Morning. A lot of fans up here, Ian. It's quite uh, rough in Hemel yeah. by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> morning! Morning. Uh, to put a one-way system in uh, to uh, increase uh, the parking spaces, but, but of course those delays kept on coming. Today everything is done. As I look down the Old Town High Street here, uh, the cones have now gone, the one-way system is in, uh, the new parking spaces are here and the new pavements they are down as well so the message this morning and Ian we, we have knocked these roadworks time and time again because they have been so badly organized but the old town is now officially open for business whoop, whoop. so come on down to the old town and support these local traders and um, the traders saying to me they're they're actually quite happy uh, with the way things look I've spoken to uh, Marilyn a few moments ago as well here's what she had to say well Marilyn here we are on the uh, the old town the high street here the the cones have now officially gone. Everything is complete. It's all finished here. Um, you as a local, are you impressed with the cosmetics? It looks tidier. Um, it, yeah, it looks a lot better, yeah. I mean, how bad have things been here over the last year or so? It's been a bit of a pain, yeah, because I go up to the um, up to Highfield quite a lot. So, yeah, it has been quite awkward. And the one-way system, some people are saying we don't need a one-way system here. And the idea is to make it one way, to, to have extra parking spaces, to increase trade here. Do you think this needed a one-way system? Yeah, I do. Because when it was um, the cars coming up and down, particularly when they had the buses, it was really um, congested. So one way is better, yeah. I never thought this day would come, but uh, we're here talking about it. And finally, Caro Emerald or the Beatles? Who do you prefer? I don't know who the first one is, and I'm not keen on the Beatles. What? <laughs> Why are you not keen on the Beatles? It's not really my era. Oh, for and I'm not. Sake. Yeah, I'm just not keen on that sort of music. It's not my era, but they're amazing. I, I don't agree. <laughs> Seriously. So if somebody gave you a Beatles CD for Christmas, let's just say uh, the Red Album and the Blue Album, the best of the best, would you throw it in the bin? No, I'd give it to my husband. But I wouldn't let him play it in front of me. <laughs> your husband's got taste. Thanks very much. Take care. Okay, thank you. Incredible. People like that make me wonder why I even stay in this country anymore. I can't quite believe how Matt said that earlier. But uh, Ian, two people just come up to the car here. Uh, Madam, good morning. What's your name? My name's Claire. Claire, we are live here in Hemel, the old town, the roadworks. They've gone. Everything's complete. Tell us what you think. 
I think it looks really nice, but I think it's taken an awful long time to do it. Yeah? Yeah. And Caro Emerald or the Beatles? What do you mean? Wait, who, who do you prefer? Uh, the Beatles. Good girl, lovely. What's your name, madam? Louise. Louise, tell us what you think about the old town I here. I think it looks fantastic. It's a real improvement. It has been a long time coming, though, hasn't it? Oh, God, the trouble is, I think it's done a lot of damage to the businesses in the high street because it's put people off coming to the town. Yep, exactly why we're here today. They're open again. Thank you very much indeed for your time, ladies. And uh, by the way, Ian, um, some famous TV programmes have been filmed here. Yeah. Mr Stink from, what, last Christmas with David Williams? That oh, was yeah. filmed here in the Old Town. And Pie in the Sky, oh, can... uh, that's currently being rerun on ITV3. <laughs> that was filmed here as well. I remember you tried to dazzle us <laughs> with that fact before. Before. It's true. <laughs> None of us were that impressed. For those who didn't get the Car Emerald uh, Beatles reference, Martin Luton, a man I've got very, very little time for, uh, came. I've banned Caro Emerald from the show for being absolutely awful. I mean, yeah. she. How long does it take to write a song that bad? Well, she was talking about coming back as uh, a man. Oh, for goodness what sake! Earth? This was ridiculous. So, some kind of transgender reincarnation <laughs> anthem. I don't think so. It was like walk on the wild side gone wrong. And uh, Matt in Luton, um, who I'm thinking of banning as well, said uh, that she was better than the Beatles. And he was quite angry, wasn't he? As well, he was furious. Crazy, crazy uh, man. Justin, excellent stuff. See you a little bit later on. BBC Three Counties Radio, last 15 minutes of the show. You can give us a call about anything we've been talking about. 08459 455 555. Before that, let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Bob on the A1M southbound. The outside lane is blocked after an accident or a breakdown, but police are on the scene at the moment, causing delays all the way back to Junction 9 for Letchworth, so really adding to the normal morning delays. Ongoing problems on the M1 London bound after an earlier serious accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way. It's congestion between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. People are leaving the motorway at Junction 7 and then heading towards the Park Street roundabout, so the A414 has severe delays at the moment. Also, all routes through Park Street, Bricketwood and Radlett looking very congested at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 8.46, Wednesday the 14th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedfordshire council is considering tracing people using rubbish left by travellers in a bid to recoup the clean-up cost. It's emerged the cost of clearing football pitches in Toddington, which were occupied by travellers, has come to over £8,000. The M1 has reopened southbound in Hertfordshire following a serious accident involving a lorry and a van. And roadworks in the old town in Hemel Hempstead have finally been completed seven months after they were due to finish. Last ten minutes of the show, your phone calls, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Blue sky, sunshine, finally high pressure is dominating our weather for the next few days, so we'll get some nice warmth and also feel the sunshine. Temperature getting up to around 16, 17 Celsius later, perhaps even a little warmer in the sunshine. Now we'll see a bit more cloud this afternoon, and on that cloud, though, we're on the small risk of maybe a light isolated shower, but most of us won't see that at all. Overnight tonight, it's actually quite a pleasant end to the day, some evening sunshine, but it does mean that things will get quite chilly quite quickly. More rural locations 
away from towns and uh, cities we're likely to get uh, maybe a, a sparkle or two of grass frost tomorrow morning but for most places it should stay around the 6 or 7 celsius mark sun rises at 05 12 may get a bit of mist and fog first thing but the sun will uh, do uh, get rid of that fairly quickly and behind it we should see some sunshine through the middle of the morning though we'll start to see the cloud increase there is a lot more cloud around tomorrow but despite that the temperature's still warm we're looking at a maximum of 18 maybe 19 celsius Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 four double five five double five. So, the uh, the football pitches at Toddington, they had lots of rubbish left there by travellers. The uh, parish council say, hang on, ah, hang on, we've traced some of the rubbish where it originates from. There's a strong chance that some of that rubbish originates from um, people like you or me. People who've had a knock on the door from uh, someone saying, see, you've got some rubbish there. I can get rid of that for 20 quid, if you'd like. Oh, yeah, fantastic, great. Give them the rubbish, and it, it, it could be your rubbish that's ended up on this Toddington football pitch. Is it fair that you might then be sued for the £8,000 it's cost to clean up that rubbish? Oh, wait, 459. Four double five five double five. Marion Hemel says, of course it's fair. You are stupid if A, you think it's only £20 to take rubbish away, and B, you leave something with your address on it. You should be shredding stuff with your address on anyway. Marion, sorry, are you saying it's, you, you, it's stupid for giving this stuff to tra- travellers and not shredding it in advance? That you should be covering up your tracks? Sue in Welland Garden City says, Ian, if you're gullible enough to pay someone who knocks on your door and asks you to pay them to take away your rubbish, you deserve to be fined or sued. Kosher rubbish collectors do not randomly knock on doors. Uh, um, I think this is from some corner, Ian, I'm not sure. Mick, who was on earlier, is absolutely right. The police aren't stupid, are they? Oh, this is the fellow, Mick was the fellow who's saying they should be able to trace the travellers quite easy. They know their cars and vehicles. Just find them and arrest them and make them pay. It's that simple. Get Ollie Martins back on and give him a hard time. You're the man. Uh, and Debbie, 08459 455 555, by the way, if you want to give us a call. Uh, Debbie says, come on, people. Come on, people aren't that gullible. Guys, punctuation really helps me when I'm sight reading these. Come on, people aren't that gullible. They just want to get rid of their rubbish at a cheap cost. If people didn't give these people rubbish, it wouldn't be dumped. The law should change that travellers can be instantly removed if they park on pitches and public places that are in constant use. Once transit camps are in place everywhere, that should be in existence all over. The travellers should also be made aware they would be charged for any rubbish left and all registration uh, taken. What what are you saying? I think there's been a mass conspiracy. What's going on? Uh, Listeners strike. What? We've got about four or five phone calls here we've been uh, trying to get back on to. Yeah. None of them picking up their phones. What's, what's your beef, callers? What's your beef? So if you rang us in the last five minutes, 15 minutes, and you're getting a call from a, an unknown number... Yeah. So pick up, please. Ringing for a little chat. OK, well, so w- what do we do in the meantime while we're waiting? Um, 
Um, have you got any... Someone could teach me how to whistle. Well... In five minutes. It's an art form, my friend. Can I only do it inwards? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. OK, thanks. Here we go. Oh, Hello, there we go. Another one. Excuse me. Hello, yeah, I'd like to go on the radio, please. <laughs> You're speaking to um, Steve from Milton Keynes. I'd like to say uh, that I think Ian Lee is fan- fantastic, and he's the best presenter on three count on the radio. And I think that uh, the girls are really irritating. I'm just going to put you straight through. Okay, okay. Yeah, yes, Kelly. Um, Fader one. Yep. Is Steve. Yep. Yep. Steve. Morning, Steve. All right, I'll give you a call back, Ashley, OK? Hello! Uh, you're in Milton Keynes. What would you like to say? Oh, I think you're the best presenter on the radio and Catherine Kelly and Robert. All right, listen, I don't be... I, I agree, but let's not be rude about members of my... No, they're rubbish, and they're bringing you down, and you you won the award despite them, not because of them. Yeah, I know. well, listen, we can't really talk. I think that's unfair to pick on my team. What do you um, think about uh, the Travellers? And I think Paul Scorns is a joke. All right, I'm, All right. Steve, I'm, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm going to have to let you... No, don't cut me off. I'm going to have to cut you off. No, don't do it. I'm going to cut you off. No, don't, don't. I'm going to I'm going to cut you off. Well, this is a powerful call, powerful radio. Kath? I just took a call from someone who gave me some really good points and then didn't want to come on air. Listen, guys, we're not the Samaritans. We're not the Citizens Advice Bureau. Stop calling up unless you want to come on air like Steve. I do love a chat, though. I mean, I know, well, man I alive. would miss you if you didn't, but... But, um, no, don't. Come and say it to him as well. I come know he's on. unapproachable and difficult to handle, but... Um, Steve would disagree. Steve didn't sound like someone... Um, in his right Steve sounded body. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Back to transgenders. What's your, what's your beef with those guys? No, what or I'm girls? saying is he sounded like um, he was distracted by something else. Like something was going on there. I don't know what it was, but it's something just a bit well, fishy about Steve. The thing, what I'm enjoying at the moment is I'm enjoying talking as I've got a sweet in my mouth. Why? I don't know. It's just what? a fun thing to do. Why don't you try it at home? <laughs> but the thing about Steve, the thing about my callers is... Yeah. A lot of them... Oh, sniffing as well. Yeah. Okay. People love that on air, don't they? Eating on air and sniffing. They do love eating and sniffing. Um, well, I do, I, anyway. Uh, yeah. You've got a mouthful of sausage. I'm just trying those well. That's not, that's just offensive. <laughs> You're not going to do that voice into the 70s. Oh, stop it. Now, the thing about my callers and my listeners are, Catherine, is a lot of them are in powerful, influential positions uh, and they use me as a kind of mindfulness. Hashtag trendy. And um, so they are distracted by running a bank, uh, doing open heart surgery or sailing to the moon, uh, flying a rocket ship to the moon. That was what was going on with Steve. Possibly. He's a busy guy. Good explanation. Thanks. Thanks very much indeed. Ah, look, at last we got a caller. We can stop this uh, boring bants. Oh, no, we haven't got a caller. Back to some more boring bants. What are you doing later on today? I'm not interested. Are you doing something funny today? Yeah. What? None of your business. Tell me. Mm. Kath. Talk to a real Steve. You flinch. Stop it. You fl- I'm throwing things at glass and she's flinching. A real Steve's on the line. Morning, real Steve. How you going, mate? All right? I'm all right, Steve. What you got for us? Um, I've just been told that they've dumped a load of rubbish right on the Nicky line near Flowers Farm at Redbourne. Uh, really? Who, what, yeah. what, what, who's told you this? Uh, a bloke just riding his bike through. He said you've got a job to get through on it. Uh, uh, the, the, the bloke riding his bike through? 
Yeah, he just said he just had a job to get through on the Nicky line because uh, they've dumped a load of rubbish right across the Nicky line. Oh, blimey. Oh, blimey. Did, did he say what kind of rubbish it was? No, he didn't say, no. Oh, dear. Well, this is going to this is gonna cause uh, even more expense, isn't it? Well, they, they do nothing to them, do they? And that's the trouble. You know, they're, they're all run to themselves. Why do you think... Let, um, let's, I mean, this is a big assumption to make, because we have no idea, and I have no idea what this rubbish is. Let's assume for a moment it's travellers, OK? Yeah. Why do you think the police are reluctant to do anything? Because they won't get nothing out of it. Um, how can I put it nicely? You go into Redbourne, right, and you park your car there, and you've got a, a traffic warden handing out tickets to any car, then all of a sudden they come to one with Irish number plates on or block paving on the side of it, and they just walk straight by it. Uh, Real Steve, thank you very much indeed. Maybe we'll um, send some... I didn't know how to react to that call. Maybe we'll send someone to go have a look at that rubbish. Why did you call him Real Steve? Was there one that wasn't real? No. Oh, let's just check him. We can send someone. We can send uh, Justin. Yeah, send Justin there. What are you typing? Yeah, the director died today. What? That was sad. He was only young. He's 36. How, how old? Here we go. This, this will put your lives into perspective, OK, and make you feel worthless. You can play this... this oh, good, fun... I need that. You I can need make... extra feeling like that. You can play this fun game at home as well, kids. How old was George Harrison when he, he left the Beatles? Oh, gosh, I bet he was about 26. He was exactly 26. He was 26 when he left the Beatles. Because he was the baby, wasn't he? Doesn't that make you... I mean, how... What was I doing at 26? I was... I don't know what I was doing. I was watching a lot of television and playing a lot of video games and not much else. He had left the Beatles. He'd recorded Sgt Pepper. He'd, he'd recorded something and While My Guitar Gently Weeps. He'd written all of the songs for All Things Must Pass. He was 26. Yeah. Yeah, but I could have done that if I'd have been in the Beatles. You're, <laughs> you're almost twice his age, Catherine. How empty does that make you feel? I, I feel pretty empty most days. 26, Kelly. Sorry, I was on the phone. What happened? George Harrison did something at 26. Yeah, what left was the Beatles. It? Left the Beatles. It was all over by then. He left at 26? He left. Yeah, yeah. And but, then what did he do? Oh, for goodness sakes, I'm always... <clears throat> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We had an update from Bob on the A1M southbound. Lane 2 is blocked after an accident around Junction 7 for Stevenage, causing delays to Junction 9 for Letchworth. Ongoing delays on the M1 London bound after an accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware Way. Very slow still around Junction 6 for Brickett Wood. Also got congestion between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead as people leave the motorway at Junction 7. Then heading towards Park Street Roundabout, so the A414 still extremely congested. Also in Kings Langley, the A41 southbound is queuing from the Hemel Hempstead turnoff all the way past the M25 and through Leavesden. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. I just had a cheeky little text, for, for tweet, shall we say, from Bobby Friction. Thank you, Bobby. You see, I'm living the dream. JVS is up next. Back tomorrow at six. Ta-ta. Local.
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. The sun is shining. It's Wednesday morning and on today's big phone-in... Who should pay for the clear-up of Toddington playing fields? A month ago, travellers moved on to football pitches in Toddington. And 